It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Welcome to the show for this Wednesday morning, the second day of October. We're going to go around the room and share what we're working on today. Uh, Brandon, let's talk sports here for a second. Yes. I did, I did stay up late enough to watch the end of the Washington uh, Brewers game, but I wish I had. Did you see how it ended? Uh, Soto with the uh, walk-off. The Nats had to come back and beat the Brewers in the wild card game in front of home crowd in uh, I'm sorry, not a, not a walk-off. It wasn't a walk-off. He got a hit. He, he knocked one out to the outfield. Bottom of the eighth. So there were a couple of calls of the same play, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they scored in the eighth and held on for the win, but it's still a big comeback for uh, Washington. Yeah, they were the down last night. three to one at that mm-hmm. point. And what's interesting is if you go ever go to ESPN and you click on a game and you go to the box score, they give you a win probability where it has like a graph. And one team is on the top, which in this one, it'd be the Brewers. And then the Nationals are on the bottom. And it just follows the length of the game. And it kind of shows you exactly where each... Um, the, the probability is that. And it's got Milwaukee, you know, high probability of winning. High, and then right at that point, it drops straight down to Washington. It's like watching the World Series of Poker. They give you the probabilities on all the hands yep. in real time. Well, the, one of the more interesting ones was from the Super Bowl when the Patriots came back to beat the Falcons. Oh, because God. that thing had the Falcons at like a 98 point yeah. something percent chance of winning. And then all of a sudden the fourth quarter happened and then it just started to plummet in the direction of the Patriots. Yeah, I remember well. Then I ended up getting hit in the face with a red snapper. You did. But baseball baseball season officially starts uh, yesterday. All right, so what else in sports uh, today? Brand, I know that's a big one. Well, that was kind of the one. No, that was kind of the one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Uh, it's not something I'm going to really bring up in sports, but there are... uh, a multitude of other states that are kind of getting ready to pass their own law, just like California's, in regards to athletes being able to make money on their own likeness. Uh, Endorsements, that sort of thing. Yeah, and California, you know, they just passed it, and they kind of giving the NCAA some time here where theirs isn't going into effect until 2023. Uh, Florida's getting ready to sign one, and it's like, dude, we're just going to start it next year. Oh really? Florida yeah. wants to do They're it like, next we're year. Just like we're going to pass this thing, and you're we're going to hold your feet to the wow. fire because we're doing this thing quick. I kind of see it as drawing up sides. Are you, you know, the states versus the NCAA? And I think the, on the NCAA side, that's virtually all coaches and administrators. You know, people in the system that don't want to see anything changed, but. A lot of these states are making the decision to either get on board with California or even get get it, get the ball rolling even faster than California is. Mm-hmm. It's all about uh, college athletes. Everybody can make profit off of their likeness. play and their image and their likeness mm-hmm. and everything, except them. They yep. can't make any money, and they want to change that. Good morning, Lisa, and welcome back, Lisa. Good morning. Uh, Lisa, what are we working on today in news? 
Oh, speaking about college, how about affirmative action? A federal judge has upheld Harvard's admissions process after a group representing Asian American applicants challenged it. The group argued at trial that the school's personal rating system is hurting Asian Americans and favors blacks and Hispanics who generally have lower standardized test scores than Asian Americans. I, uh, I feel like I know a, a little more than average about this because I listened to a podcast that was all about it. So they give personality tests and they often they'll mark down the Asian students saying that they aren't as well-rounded or they aren't whatever. Mm-hmm. And the Asian students, uh, many of them, as you might imagine, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but there there was one person who got in and uh, he got in. He was Asian-American, but he said that the interview process was things like, a lot of it was asking, you know, are you like the stereotype of the Asian student who's just like single, you know, singly focused? And anyway, he still got in, but then he brought it up and said, yeah, that's kind of weird, you know, that I have to go in and defend that I'm not a stereotype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's my problem that there's that stereotype. Right. Have you seen the Patriot Act episode he has on this, though? No, I haven't seen that you one. You should yet. see that one because it's pretty interesting, especially the guy who is like leading the challenge against affirmative action and who's offending. It's like a white guy, and it's it's just it's interesting to see how you know against affirmative action. No, uh, yeah, the one who's uh, he's representing the Asian Americans, yeah, uh, and he's this white guy, and it's just it's it's really interesting. I, I would recommend you go check that out. That is like my new binge. I've just been rewatching Patriot I, Act. Yeah, I I just watched yesterday the Jamal uh, Khashoggi episode, and it's actually today is the one year uh, anniversary of his death. This is on uh, Netflix. It's about it's thirty minutes long. That, that's what's so great about it. It's 25 to 30 minutes. The episodes are real short. And it's so you're the, able to the, get in a lot of information in that time. It's kind of like The Daily Show, but the format is, is much more stand-up than it is like fake news behind a desk. And it's also uh, I'd say fake, one topic. fake news, but I don't use it in the way that... You know, like Trump uses it. <laughs> no, and it's also one topic. It's interesting though because he did get uh, he got banned that episode in Saudi Arabia for the Khashoggi one. Yeah, and he's like, I am the first one to force Saudi Arabia to have a Muslim ban, and I am that Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joanna, how about entertainment news? You got your eye on what's happening in entertainment. So, what are we looking at today? Joaquin Phoenix is defending the movie that he's about to come in, come out in, Joker. He says that it's good that people have a strong reaction in regards to it being uh, not shown in theaters and a lot of theaters are going to be amping up their security efforts for it. And this comes right after he walked out of that interview where they asked him if they th- he thinks that this movie is going to be inciting more violence. Right. They hit him with that. It was like it had never occurred to Joaquin Phoenix before mm-hmm. that... A movie about a like a loser that society just craps on doesn't take it anymore and turns into like a mass killer like it had never occurred to him that there might be oh it's just you know it's just theater it's just fun at the theater on the weekend so he got up and walked out of the interview so I've got I posted over at buzzadamshow.com maybe it'll be on your page I I can't find it on mine but it's supposed to be there Oh, there you go. I was going to say, you keep hitting the back button. You need to do refresh. So my post is titled, Let's Just Admit It, Snake People Are Weird. 
I mean, we all we all know um, it, but no. So are we talking about snakes or like reptiles in general? We're talking about like people who keep giant snakes and let it crawl all, all over their kids. So there's a video that somebody posted, and I don't know what country it's from. I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, I assume her parents are, are taking the video, but there is like a 15-foot long python or uh, boa constrictor, whatever it is. It's a big snake, and this lady, this girl's down on the ground playing around with it. Now, fortunately... Kids in the same house with pet snakes have never ended in tragedy. Oh, I'm sorry. That's happened lots and lots of times where people who have huge snakes. Uh, Brandon, would you agree with the basic premise that snake people are weird? Yeah, I've had like lots people of who are friends who've had snakes, and I'd say that all those ones were a little bit off. All of them just a li- march to the beat of a different drummer, right? Yeah. Not to say that it's bad. It's just uh, a little bit different. Weird. I've had... Uh, I had one friend who actually had two different snakes. He had a smaller, um, I'm completely going to blank on what the, the kind of snakes they were, but I think he actually had a boa um, that when it would get out of its cage, it would go hide in the couch. So we'd be watching TV and all of a sudden you'd see a snake's head pop out of the couch. No, I don't go to that person's house anymore. No matter how much I, I like their company or whatever, I just, I don't go to their house anymore. No, we spent a half an hour one time trying to get, it, by the way, the snake's name was Leather. We were nice. trying to we were trying to get Leather out of said couch. Because oh he'd wrapped himself around something inside the couch and we're just pulling on this thing for about a half an hour straight. And he I'm would, and, I mean, he would do everything he could to secure. Like it was, he was propping full on weights on top of the cage for leather and it would still push up and out and squeeze its way out. Joanna, your call. Snake people. They're weird, right? They're kind of weird. Okay. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. And now it's time for Random Facts. Well, how how tall did Andy Reid grow up to be? I think he was about full size. The only thing he did after that point was widen out. See, we, we had a friend who was mistaken for a 26-year-old all the time. I mean, he had facial hair, and he was, you know, 10, uh, 12, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you saw only, him today, he wouldn't stand kid. out in a crowd. He was just like a normal-looking guy. Yeah, now. there was a kid. We were growing up. He, it was one of my friend's brothers, and he was like six feet tall really, really early on. But that's where he peaked. Like, that was it. All right, we got random facts here. I've, uh, some of these are so interesting that I'm going to go into them a little more in depth. Um, not the first one, though. Random fact number one is pretty cut and dry. The U.S. is the third most populous country in the world behind China and India. And India. That's right. Mm. But China and India are so far ahead in population that if you added a billion <laughs> people to the United States population, we'd still be in third place. Wow. Random fact number two. There have been seven prison escapes in U.S. history where the inmates got away in a helicopter. But they were all caught again in every single case and usually very quickly. And Mm -hmm. I want to bring up one case because it's, it's local for one of our markets. Have you guys ever heard of Cheater Bella? No. Uh... Cheater, Cheater Bella, yeah, he still lives here. Uh, Cheater Bella was a, was a helicopter pilot in 1988. I'm going to just give you the basics of the okay. story. 
and this is pretty much a good representation. So usually they don't go out and find an accomplice who's a helicopter pilot. Usually they rent a helicopter and then force the pilot, whoever's piloting it, at gunpoint oh. to go do it. And that's what happened to Cheater. Uh, so Cheater Bella was hired to fly a real estate agent around the Santa Fe area as he was flying. Uh, his helicopter, she pulled a gun and forced him to land in the courtyard of the Santa Fe prison. Three inmates jumped in and the aircraft flew to another site. Oh, I just passed by that this last weekend. <laughs> they were pursued by a U.S. Customs Service helicopter that was later joined by the state police helicopter. Pursuing helicopters claim that Bella tried to force them down through aggressive maneuvers. However, they were e- able to tail him and police were waiting for the helicopter uh, when it touched down. Two of the prisoners... Francis Mitchell and Randy Lackey were captured almost right away, while Danny Mahoney, the third prisoner, was later captured with assistance from a canine unit. So, uh, Cheater, I guess they were trying to say that he was aggressively flying uh, to evade capture, but Mm -hmm. I think he was found non-culpable in the thing, and he had his helicopter stored over in the northeast part of town. You could kind of see wow. it sometimes, uh, like behind this big wall. But that's our own uh, helicopter pilot who <laughs> he says he was forced to uh, help with a prison escape. All right, and uh, one final fact here on three random facts: the only college in America that has intramural tackle football is. Brandon, would you care to guess? There's only one college in the U.S. that has intramural tackle football. Alabama. No. Florida. They wear pads and helmets and every intramural means you just sign up and, you know, it's like most a lot of schools have intramural basketball, intramural flag football. Yeah. Notre Dame, baby. There you go. Notre Dame. Do they get the golden helmets? I don't know. Uh, you know, they're, they're multiple teams, I guess. They don't play other colleges because it's... Intramural, but mm-hmm. they wear pads and helmets and everything. I wonder if that's where Rudy started. Like, did Rudy start on, on one the of the intramural, intramural teams? Okay. I've, I haven't watched that movie like in 20 years. This little kid over here's got Moxie. Huh? This little kid over here's got Moxie. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Well, he's little, but he's a scrapper. Rudy, Rudy. Tell Coach Pa Segan he needs to come down and see this. And those are your three random facts for today. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. For uh, a week or so, I guess we'd notice some people throwing messages up on Facebook. Hey, when's the Fall King going to come visit? Why haven't we heard from the Fall King? Mm-hmm. And I realized, Joanna, you you haven't been a you or Brandon had, don't remember like nope. I've the fall never king. heard of That's... the Fall King. I bet you didn't even know there was a I Fall didn't. King. No. Okay, so Fall King used to come by every fall, and you know he's kind of like the. Uh, I'm trying to think of you know like how Santa Claus personifies Christmas, and I guess you might say Mother Nature, uh-huh. spring. He's the Fall King. You know he's a. A beloved uh, figure, <laughs> but he hasn't been in in a long time. Is he related to the Night King? <gasps> Is that uh, from Game Whoa. of Thrones? Yeah. I don't know. Are they distant relatives? Well, 
We kept getting requests to have Falking, so I, I looked him up, and guess what? It's still the same guy. Like, the job hasn't been taken over by a new guy, the same Falking, so I guess he's going to be coming by here in just a few minutes. Like that one episode of Game of Thrones with the uh, Night King was really dark, but it was not Falking dark. Mm-mm. You know what? Let's just wait for Falking <laughs> to get here. <laughs> well, you know, the driverless cars are coming. Mm-hmm. We keep hearing that. And some of them are already doing it, right? Mm-hmm. There are some driverless cars that are out there. With the technology that is available, somebody has finally applied it to something really useful. Listen to this. There's a company that is developing a self-driving garbage can that wheels it out to wheels itself out to the curb. That would be garbage. so helpful. Oh my god! Well, like I was gone this weekend, so my roommate had to do it, and I was doing yard work all this week, so it was super heavy. And I'm saying like, she ain't gonna be able to lift that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I better just put it on the the front right here on Friday and just leave it all week. Sometimes I'll go out to the garbage and especially the recycling bin Mm -hmm. isn't filled enough and it's like all right you know is it worth the effort to walk all 15 steps out to take it to the road nah (laughs) i'll just do that Uh i'd always thought the idea of a self-driving car was definitely cool but a self-driving garbage can that takes itself out on that's not cool that's necessity that is right (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if you got a self-driving chair so that you don't have to walk down the hallways anymore. You think I would use that? Oh, absolutely. I, I think, think they have those. I think it's called an electric wheelchair. They Okay, so when I was out of town, I was actually... No, self-driving. Buzz, I was out of town, and Buzz randomly, for some reason, put me in a group message with Fernie and Nico. And as we're walking around, I saw at least 20 to 25 people with broken foots on those little scooters, the little one leg <laughs> scooters. And I just kept looking at them thinking, oh my gosh, is Buzz okay? Is this a sign from ever God? Since Did I had break to be on, ever since I had to be on one of those, I very cognizant when I see somebody on one of those broken leg scooters. Because you feel them, you're like, I feel your pain. Right. I guess I just, they were like the invisible people before it happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) I never noticed them. I was just sitting there thinking, and my friend, I told her, and she goes, there's not that many. And then by the end of the weekend, she would slap me in the arm and be like, scooter, scooter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To show me every time. I just kept thinking, Buzz better be careful this weekend because the spirits want him to break his leg again. (laughs) There's not a lot of new tech that I really get super excited about, but I am really, really over the moon about this self-driving garbage can. Yeah. You probably program it to take itself out on the day it's supposed to go out and probably program it to go back and park itself. That's handy. What about self-driving garbage cans in the house that empty themselves into the bin outside so you don't have to do squat? You could truly, like, you almost have, like, a little garbage picker-upper, like a little Roomba, where you could just put trash on the floor, and then the robot comes up, picks it up, puts it in the garbage, the garbage lifts itself up, takes it outside, good to go. I am looking forward to that little sliver of time when we have robot slaves, but before, before we, we become, become the slaves, slaves yeah. to the robots. Right. So there's going to be a, a time when robots are our slaves before they become our masters, and it's that little golden era that I'm really looking forward to. Just be mm-hmm. nice to him, man. There's a story here about a guy who was cutting brakes on some of the e-scooters that they have. Where where did this happen? Florida. Oh, of course. <laughs> I think, yeah, I was in Florida. They got video of him doing it. and Why was he doing it? 
Because like, he hates East. Because he, he, he hates people driving around on the East. Yeah. He's got he's to have a, a, a an axe to grind somehow, right? You know, and it's like, okay, I get it. You cut the brakes. I see people but, ride the little scooters. Yeah, but I mean, he put a sticker on top of the barcode so that they couldn't scan. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, well, that's easy. Dude. You just peel off the sticker. Didn't think that one. Through. Well, what did he do that first? Same guy. The same bike. Uh, same scooters. Yeah, same guy. Same scooters. So he'd cut the brakes and then he put a little sticker over the barcode and he's like, "All right." This guy must one. just really be annoyed. I guess in some cities it's probably. Um, I, I don't want to say worse. I mean, there's probably more of them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I only see people on the little. What are they called? Birds or e-scooters? E- just e-scooters. Yeah, I see them. Mm-hmm. If I were going to be walking around a lot, I might consider getting one. No, nah, be honest. If I ever had to walk somewhere that was long enough to get an e-scooter, I'd just drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting though. A lot of big cities don't have them because of the fact, like in Washington D.C., they don't have e-scooters. And it's because their traffic is so bad. They say they're like it's just it's more of a. Did danger. they have them in New York? Because I sure didn't notice them in New York. I don't think the last time I was there a year ago in New York, and I I really didn't notice e-scooters. I don't believe so. I don't think they had them in L.A. when I went either. And so I think the bigger cities don't have them because of their such a, a risk. Well, are you guys ready to uh, visit with the Fall King? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm gonna just uh, go over here and get the door and bring him in. Hello to everybody. Yes, hello, everyone. It is I. It is I, the Fall King. (laughs) The Fall King? Yes, yes, that's me. You know, like, Jack Frost has winter. I am the embodiment of everything having to do with fall or autumn, if you prefer. So what would you say that you do as Fall King? Mm, Well, to be honest, a lot of it is ceremonial. As you can see, I wear my falking crown, the falking robe, and then I get to carry around this little butte. What's that, a stick? No, it's not a stick. It's my <laughs> falking spec- scepter. <laughs> uh, such a stupid question. It flustered me. It's my falking scepter. Uh, so is it only a ceremonial position? Then? No, no, Brandon, it isn't. Uh, there's also some very serious falking business that goes into it. Ooh, like what? Well, I have to see to it that the temperatures start getting cooler. Mm-hmm. The days start getting shorter. And I have to make sure the leaves start turning brown. Basically, I'm in charge of the falking weather. And you have to do this until... Until winter starts, which means I've only got three falking months to get all of this falking stuff done. But it's my job. It's my falking job. How long does one get to be the falking? Is this like a ceremonial thing for a few years or what? I am so glad you asked that. That is a very interesting falking story behind that. <laughs> you remain falking until you are vanquished by another in single combat. The only weapons allowed are rakes and leaf blowers. <laughs> we have a saying if you want to be the falking man, you've got to beat the falking man. So if any of you want to take my falking title, all you have to do is climb into the falking ring. Wow. <laughs> this has been so fascinating. Oh, and well, the, I, I feel so, I learned a lot today. The pleasure's all mine. Uh-huh. If you'll excuse me, there's still a lot of falking work I got to do. 
I have a busy falking week ahead of me. Mm, at least you have nice weather. I know. You're falking welcome. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Got a story here, and I'll show you the picture of of the watch in question. A woman found a $250,000 Rolex in a couch she got from the thrift store. Ooh. And to make this Lord. story better, she plans to use part of it to get a boob job. <laughs> oh, my God. So, wait a minute. She's buying a used couch at a thrift store, and she's using that money for boobs. Okay. She bought the couch four years ago at a thrift store for $25. Nice. She was just recently going through the cushions and found a watch. But it's not just any watch. She looked it up online, and it is a vintage Rolex Daytona 6241 Paul Newman variant. There were only around 3,000 of them made back in the late 60s. I guess watch collectors is a thing. Like people oh, would yeah. collect watches. Uh, you know who? Um, John Mayer is actually really big into that. He has like $500,000 watches. Jeez, got well, watches the- and a huge donger, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does John Mayer have a huge donger? I thought that was, what, that, that, that was the, the rumor. The whole rumor is that he's 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 John Hammond. It. Nah, I never heard that before. He's a good guitar player. He pulls some beautiful women too. When he thinks holding that guitar up. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this Rolex Daytona Paul Newman style watch is said to be one of the hardest watches to find for sale anywhere. Ooh. The woman called a watch dealer, and they examined it, and they determined, yep, it's authentic, and it's worth at least a quarter million dollars. Oof. Oh, my God. So the woman... Soon to be sold to Odell Beckham Jr., so he can wear it during a game. Nice. Well, I think Odell's already wearing, like, a like a $2 million watch, right? No, I don't think it was $2 million. It was, it was I think, about 300000 I need to see what this looks right. like. Rolex, Daytona. No, here, I got a picture of it oh, for okay. you. Yeah, I brought up the actual picture of what, what the watch looks like. It looks like a surprised face. Oh, I, I mean, see it. I, I guess it's cool, but you could see that in a case at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Not think twice about it. I don't get what it Walmart would be about would... a watch unless it had a death ray in it or something you know, that would make it that expensive. My brother has a Rolex, and I look at it, and I'm like, it's ugly. He goes, no, it's not. It's a Rolex. Mm, it's still ugly. It's, I mean. I'm a, like, what makes that worth a quarter million dollars? Other than it's very uh, like the, the value the that's put on version because what there's yes. three thousand made. The fact that it's Rolex, which means that it's going to be super high quality parts. Yeah, I guess it's Swiss. I still wear watches, but I never check the time on them. I don't even bother to wind them. I check the time on my phone. I just wear a watch because I'm I old. Check, I, that's I, what we do. I check mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and my my battery died this weekend, and for like an hour, I thought it was six thirty. Your battery on on, on your, my watch on your watch died. Yeah. I don't like even think I, I, like, hmm. I don't think Look, I even owned a watch. This watch, first of all, this watch that I'm wearing, I'll uh-huh. hold it up to the camera. I got it for like thirty five dollars. Nice. It's like fake bling. I don't think it's ever run right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is what a quarter million dollar watch looks like. Why are watches? Are we up against expensive? another break already? No. Oh, we're good for yeah. a few more minutes. Okay, good. Am I ahead of the game today? You are, dude. Woo! Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. Buzz Adams. <laughs> I'm no, not nine minutes while, over? Man. No. I'm nine actually... minutes ahead? Uh-huh. Nine minutes ahead! Okay. Nine minutes ahead! 
Here, let's learn about watches, people. Swiss watches, they say, are one of the most high-end luxury timepieces. Uh, they say it's the nature of the movements. Mechanical watches are more expensive than quartz watches. And the components of the watch can also be uh, making the price more. I get that if it's solid gold, like you're wearing a hunk of gold and it's got actual diamonds in it, sure, I guess the price of those, you know, precious materials are mm-hmm. going to be higher. But. I mean, I had a Swatch watch when I was a kid and that thing told time just uh, perfect. Yeah, they said also if it's a, like a gold-plated watch, the uh, they can vary as if it's 14, 18 carats gold. The thickness of the plating, it can be fi- 5 to 40 microns. And they also said the precious metals that are used. All I care is if it looks cool. Yeah, this That's is the, the only type thing. of It crystal. doesn't even have to keep time for me to wear it. <laughs> Honestly, look at this gaudy hunk of... I get compliments no on this so often. constantly nine minutes over. Yeah. I don't care if it takes time. Interesting. Now look up Odell. Watches. I think Odell wore like a watch that was over a million dollars, or he was like going to. I think there, I think there was one that was in the hundreds of thousands, and then the next week he wore one to practice that was actually like two point five million. Now everything I'm seeing here is saying uh, it's upwards of three hundred fifty thousand. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, it says here that his watch. Why? Why would you want to wear a Rolls Royce on your wrist that somebody could stick a gun in your face and steal your house, basically? You know, for Mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's like, why would you want to wear your house out on your wrist, which somebody could rob and take your entire house? CTE, dude. He plays football. And see, yeah, like it says here, a lot of the... Or BDE. A lot of the watches that John Mayer has, it says these are from the 1970s, so they're vintage watches that he owns. And then he has a... Rolex something or another that's this watch sometimes people ask me how much did you you know it's kind of a rude question but people say how much did you spend on that watch and I don't want to tell them I got it on Wish for $25 (laughs) so I'll tell them 25 (laughs) 2500 25 grand is what they'll think. They nobody knows. Yeah. I mean unless they're going to get in there unless they're going to get in there with a jeweler's loop and look at it you know (laughs) So guess what? I just saved myself $25,000 on a $25 watch. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't going to know. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm admitting okay. it, but you all are special. <laughs> you mean everybody that's listening right now? <laughs> sure. Everybody that's listening right now. You special. All right. I got a topic for you here. And sure. This is based on a recent survey. <laughs> According to a new survey, 14% of Americans say they have thought about a strategy in case there's ever a zombie apocalypse. Yep, always. That is one in seven people. Let's eliminate everybody over the age of 60 who probably never thought about anything like mm-hmm. that. And that's even more. A town in North Carolina is holding a zombie survival event. I love that. This month to let people practice for the zombie apocalypse. Each person has 60 minutes to retrieve all the supplies they'll need to survive one night in a zombie contamination zone. Oh. And people dressed like zombies will be chasing them around the whole time. Okay, well, this sounds like a lot of the haunted houses that they have at paintball fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new survey found that one in seven Americans actually do have plans in place in case of a zombie outbreak. I, I wonder if they normal? mean you've just thought about it. Yeah, I don't know if I have a plan, <laughs> but I've been like, like, I didn't buy a property or anything. No, like, one of the first things I'm doing is going to Buzz's house to steal some weaponry. Yeah. You're taking uh, Buzz down first. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the way it breaks down 24% of millennials, so almost one out of four, 
uh, millennials say that they have at least can thought about what they would do. 15% of Gen Xers and 6% of boomers say that they have thought about their zombie strategy. So are you a part of that percentage of nope. boomers? Nope. I'm Gen X, baby. Okay. Ain't no doubt about it. I'm okay. Gen X. I'm not a boomer. Okay. Here are the top five things people say that they have uh, thought about or made plans in a zombie apocalypse, and then I'll tell you like what I, what my strategy. I, God, do I want to admit my strategy? I was going to say that's my end problem. Up kicking I myself because I let everybody know. Yeah, all of a sudden you and about you know a thousand other people show up at the same place. Number one is gather weapons, guns, ammo, and other weapons. Yep, going number, to buzz this house. Number two is find a good place to hide and regroup. Buzz's house. Yeah. Number three, mm-hmm. gather supplies and food. Buzz's house. Buzz's house. Number four, relocate to a place with fewer zombies, i.e., mm. not a city. Oh, and one thing we also haven't thought about too about Buzz's house, he's barricaded his backyard to keep his dogs in. Yeah. That's probably going to keep the zombies out. Good point. Number five, meet up with family and friends so they're strengthened numbers. Yeah, they're too far away. Well, yeah. my, my, my immediate family, yeah, they're too far away. Another six percent of people you're gonna who throw your wife about, over your shoulder and be like, "We can't. We have to leave him behind. <laughs> <laughs> She's slowing us down. Grandma's gotta go." <laughs> Just runs. Twelve percent of people who have a strategy refuse to re- reveal any details about their strategy, which Ooh. might be the good move. This was a YouGov uh, survey. I'm, I'm not taking YouGov very seriously lately, but so. First of all, you got to know what kind of zombies you're talking about. Yeah. Are you talking about Walking Dead zombies? Because those are slow. Slow. They don't. They can't you open have a, a door. <laughs> they can't even get upstairs. Right. They can't swim. Or is this like 28 days? They can't later, swim, but zombies. they don't die either. So if you go swimming, like, have you ever seen episodes of Walking Dead where oh, they're swimming they're, and they're underwater they and they just, just like, freaking grab you underwater? Or the flash flood when there was a flash and they're like buried in the mud. Now, if it's the kind of if it's like a rage zombie style. 28 zombie. days later? Yeah, 28 days later. Uh, you commit suicide and call probably. it a day. Yeah. Yeah, You're not going to survive that. Or if it's like in the World, Wars, World War Z, the movie, mm-hmm. the Brad Pitt movie, where they basically operate oh. like ants and just run up on top of each other to scale mm-hmm. walls and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably just saving a bullet for myself there. Oh, man. But if they're the slow zombies, I go to a place that's at a high elevation. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't say where it is. <laughs> well, I'll narrow it down. It's either Rodoso or Cloudcroft, okay? <laughs> <laughs> because, mm-hmm. like, the, the, those zombies just kind of take the, the path of least resistance. Oh, my God, the zombies have the same life motto that I do, path of least <laughs> resistance. Except for theirs isn't a motto. It just happens. It's such a skill of theirs. So yours is too though, survivor skill. So I'd go someplace like like in the mountains at Rodoso. Then I even there I would find a place even further up a mountain. Okay. And I've already got the weapon stuff uh covered. And not just guns either. Brandon, what kind of weapons do I have at my house? Oh, see that's why I would specifically go there because you don't necessarily want guns because the noise could attract the attention of said zombies. You want that, was that a new thing with, with Walking Dead that the noise attracts other zombies? I think maybe I before know. Walking Dead that wasn't a thing. No, because I think they, no, yeah. no, they reacted to noise and things like uh, Dawn of the Dead. Like, they, they just, I mean, they, the, the noise does attract them. Yeah, but in Dawn of the Dead, the remake, when they were in the 
in the mall, nobody said, oh, don't shoot guns. It'll attract more of them. Remember, they were just having shooting contests off the top of the mall. Yeah, but that's because they couldn't get in. They weren't concerned. Like, the zombies were already banging on the doors because the one thing that that universe set up was when you become a zombie, you go back to your routine. Like, it's like, oh, this is what they were used to. So they're oh. just continuing to do this over and over and over again. If that happened now, nobody would go to the mall because nobody goes to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> like, the mall That's would be the would same to place to be. <laughs> go hang out with that raccoon. There would only be the senior citizens who do the walk, walk around it. They'd just be walking real slow. You couldn't, you couldn't uh, tell with a zombie and an old person. <laughs> No, see, that's it. So the reason I would go to Buzz's house is because he's got a lot of blades, Mm -hmm. swords, pikes, pikes, like a lot of spears. Like that, and that's what you want when it's a zombie apocalypse. That reusable. I, the yes, thing that the exactly. kids use in Spider-Man Far. Bullets. The thing that the kids use from Spider-Man Far From Home that the knight's holding. That's like an axe on mm-hmm. one side and a pointy thing on the other. I got one of those. He's got all kinds of that stuff. So I'm yeah. going over there. Scythes. See for, me, got see, for me, see for me, I think it, I would I go it. somewhere like New Mexico because it's a lot of flat land. So you could see if there's like a herd coming. You have at least a good notice like, oh, there's a herd in the distance. All right. That probably not isn't going to get here till nightfall. So I at least have time to prepare for the hood or from the for the herd. And then also there's a lot of like mountains and plateaus. So you could probably get to the top of them and a lot of armories. So if you run out of weapons or you need more food or something, you can probably find yourself like one of the forts or one of the armories that are in the middle of the desert and, you know, just go stock up and then run away again. I could just see the zombie apocalypse movie happening where everybody goes to buzzes and we're all feeling good <laughs> because we've got our weapons and we're like, oh, look at all this food. And then Joanna opens the fridge and she's like, it's all expired. None of it's good. And Buzz is like, once again, I win. <laughs> <laughs> I've been building up my immunity to food that's gone past its expiration date while you guys have foolishly been throwing out your food. Mm-hmm. So, um, But then we go to synchronize our watches to get to another place, and all of a sudden it's like, well, crap, we don't know where Buzz is because he bought the $25 watch and it's not working yeah, on it. Right. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I want to give out the phone number. Sometimes when we get on one of these Reddit threads. People have their own stories. Uh, if you want to call in and you have a good story about what's the biggest secret you've kept from your parents, the number is 844-305-6210. That is 844-305-6210. And let me just give you some samples from the Reddit thread. And if you feel inspired to call in, please do so. Uh, somebody said... I recorded a movie over my sister's high school graduation video. Whoops. That's what something the, you can tell us. What was the movie? Must, Does it say? Because that would be funny. I'll, I'll look in like in the further comments. This is kind of like a summary. But that was a danger back when you had a video cassette recorder that you would mm-hmm. put it in there and it would turn out to be something you wanted to keep and you would, you would or record. Or worse, your parents wanted to keep. <laughs> Maniac Cop 2 over, it, over the top of it or whatever. Uh, somebody wrote in and said, I am fully aware of my father's extramarital affairs. That's a pretty big secret to keep. Yeah. How do you keep that secret from your mom? Are you being are you being faithful to your father or are you being disrespectful of your mother mm-hmm. in a case like that? 
Somebody wrote in that says, my mom doesn't know I've been arrested twice. One time with my dad. Ah. (laughs) When I was 14, somebody on Reddit said, I overheard my mom yelling at my dad about some porn searches on the computer. It was really me. He kept denying it, and she kept calling him a liar. (laughs) He slept in the guest bedroom for a month. Oh, my. I'm assuming, it doesn't say, but I'm assuming it's the the 14-year-old was a boy. If you find porn search on a computer, how is the 14-year-old boy in the house not the first yeah. Sus- yeah. suspect in a case like that? Especially when they're yell. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. All right. Mom's me- like, my little sweet angel would never. Uh, here's what somebody wrote. I make more money than I let on. My parents have and will always be the I take care of you I took care of you your whole life. It's time for you to pay it back type of parents. Mm. Except there is no end to this debt. So I hide money from them so they can't take advantage of me. What? Wow. How common is that for parents to be like hitting their grown kids up for money all the time? Um, like me paying for a, for groceries when I go to visit my mom and dad is this ridiculous game of me blocking her and giving the card to the Walmart lady mm-hmm. before she because she won't let then me. you trip your and mother. I'm like, Look, <laughs> you guys are retired. You're on a fixed income. I'm in the prime of my. Let me buy your groceries for God's sake. And it, <laughs> then in dinner, it's a whole cart. other shuffle thing where. I try and get the card to the waitress uh-huh. and my mom tries to prevent. I just can't relate to this thing where they got to lie about how much yeah. they make because they're worried their parents are going to. Re- I are, can't are gonna- relate either, but I did see a tweet the other day where the girl says that her dad just learned how to use Venmo and he sent a text to all of them requesting uh, the 2003 T-ball fee that I had to pay. And <laughs> 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 Go through with it. Uh, all right, so let, let me That's give out... a savage dad right there. <laughs> He's all $50. Thank you. Let me give out the phone number again to call in with is 844-305-6210. That's 844-305-6210. I mean, I still do this thing where when my parents come to visit, I go in, take all the liquor out of the liquor cabinet and hide it out in the garage. Mm-hmm. Really, if anybody went in my liquor cabinet, they would realize how little I I drink because it's the same bottles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got bottles in there that that I, I you know have not had anything. I, I'm not a big drinker, but the way I grew up, I don't know if you guys know this, but like Baptist drinking is as bad as uh, killing somebody. Oh, uh, Saxon, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> some bad stuff. Yeah, my my dad has always never been a drinker. My mom Yeah, but is. do they care if you have a drink? Uh, not me, but my sister. They're always like, Erica, you need to not be drinking that much. And then she, you know, puts the wine bottles under her bed. And I was like, yeah, see, that that just like proves mother's point when she cleans out under the bed and finds all these wine bottles. Uh, my dad doesn't know I was suspended due to grades for a semester in college. Dang. Yeah. Mm. I bet you that's not that uncommon a secret. Buzz, do you keep... have a secret from your parents? Yeah, yeah the the booze, I guess. <laughs> uh, Brandon, like... check the check Facebook. Maybe some people are putting in some stuff in Facebook. But... I once hit a cat. 
And didn't tell your parents about and it. Didn't tell my parents. Well, you didn't do it on purpose. Was it one of your? Was it one of their cats? No, it was like a street cat that I found. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think it's required for you to tell. I mean, why would you feel obligated? I had it in my room. <gasps> the cat. The cat. The dead cat. It wasn't a dead cat. Oh, it was a live cat, and I took it home. Whoa, wait, wait! You hit a cat and didn't kill it. No, hid. Oh, oh hit. I, I, thought yeah. saying, I always thought you were saying I hit a cat. No. Yeah, like you. And hit then it. it just dawned on me. I kept Joanna doesn't hidden. drive. I kept cat hidden in my room. Oh, I assumed that you hit the cat, and that's no, no. why you didn't. That's why you stopped driving. No, 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 no. I had a live cat. I would break in things room. in the house because I was just, you know, I was the maniac. I would bounce around, and things would break, and I would secretly try to repair them. I remember my mom had this one. I'm not really sure what it was, but it was made of wood, and it looked kind of like a horse from a carousel, and. I was playing indoor baseball and it went <laughs> flying into this thing and it indoor snapped baseball. and it snapped the tail off and so I went to tape it but I didn't do the best job so I remember this is downstairs where the TV was at so that later that night as the whole family's down there watching TV I'm sitting on the couch watching this tail slowly <laughs> droop down cuz the tape's not holding it and just like I'm starting to sweat and I'm starting to get nervous and then finally like I don't even think they had to say anything I'm like I broke the horse <laughs> Surprised the hell out of everybody, and then I finally admitted. I'm like, like that right there. I broke that tail falls. There yeah. are a lot. Like this <laughs> is an like this says serious replies only, and some of them are very serious. Like people who, you know, haven't told their parents they're gay. Oh, this, that's I a, mean, that's, that's a big, that's a big secret. People yeah. keep. You know that they were suicidal when they were teens. So there's some pretty heavy stuff in here. Somebody got married and didn't tell their parents that, and still have them for some reason. Dang. Oh. Uh, yeah, some of these are real heavy, but if if you got uh, one, my brother kind of did that. But I mean, not he just was like, "Look, uh, guys, we your, got married." Your, your brother didn't uh, tell your parents he was gay. <sighs> no, that oh. he got married. He got married. Story time. Uh, well, more of my brother is cheap, and so <laughs> he his wife needed to have surgery, and so he, or at the time it was his girlfriend. They'd been together for, oh my gosh, I think like nine years. And he goes, all right, well, how much is it going to cost? They tell him, he goes, all right, how much if she's my wife? <laughs> and he goes, all right. Oh, because he's got that good government yeah, you know. insurance. <laughs> he's got them, that military. So yeah, he goes, great, well, we're getting, we're getting hitched then. And so he called my mom and said, surprise, we're, we got married. Here's one. You somebody, weren't invited. Somebody had a lie they kept from their parents. I found my dad's cocaine. Oh! Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Did they take it? I, yeah, right. Did I, they do it? No. This person was pretty mortified. I feel like I don't know him anymore. I never want him to know that I found it. I'm still a minor and still live with him. Oof. <laughs> I mean, your dad You'll likes to party. It. Like, you have a softball game, your dad shows up. Woo! <laughs> He's all amped up. <laughs> See, but do you know for sure? I mean, like maybe your dad could clear this all. Oh, that's my. You know what? I take. I was holding it for a friend. <laughs> for back. Yeah, I was holding it for a friend. The wind blew it in, in my sock drawer, <laughs> or whatever. All right. There uh, was a raccoon, <laughs> and it ran in here with it, and it left it there, and mm -hmm. I didn't want to mess with it because I didn't know if this raccoon was going to come back for it later. So I just left I feel the cocaine like, in the drawer. Like if she had confronted her dad with it, the dad could have said, "You know, I take Dones." for my back and I like to crush it up because it's more effective that way and like, that's what I'm you found. Adult. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. 
said we've started getting some uh, feedback on the Facebook page. Yep. Well, hang on to that. I want you to read it. I, I was going through. I noticed some other comments. First of all, when we were talking about uh, 14% of Americans say that they have thought about a strategy they would do in the zombie apocalypse. Mine was go up to a mountain and maybe like zombies just don't. Right. Don't, won't, they don't want to climb, climb up a there. mountain. This is another Liz wrote in, but it is definitely something that I've considered before. Liz says, go up north. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's a bit harder to survive in the cold, but no matter how undead the zombie, their body is still subject to the effects of nature. And since there are so many gun owners there, it'd be easy enough to get more ammo and weapons. But you better hope that you're they're friendly gun owners, because if there's anything The Walking Dead has taught us, Can't it, trust creates, people. it creates factions of people. And if you're not in, man, you could be on the uh, wrong end of Lucille. Any, if The Walking Dead has taught us anything, it's this. Humans are the real monsters. Yeah. They are The Walking Dead. They're The Walking Douches, more like. <laughs> I think that should be explored a little more. Why Why aren't people, like in Walking Dead, like, we have got to get to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to get well, to Canada, guys, where it's going to be so freaking cold, they just freeze like ice cubes. That's what they did in, uh, was it Resident Evil, remember? They get a helicopter to head to Alaska, and there was they were saying because there was a signal, but also less people, it was a colder climate, they would freeze. Oh, is that what kind of zombies are they in Resident Evil? They're, are they like dead zombies of, or like rage virus? That that kind I of rage, rage virus ish. A little rage virus. There's different versions. Yeah, but they do say in there when they're talking about how the viruses and the zombies are starting to deteriorate. So they're saying they're like they don't have as much of a food source, so they're starting to die off. But the thing is, is that it's going to take decades for them to all finally die off enough for us to come to the surface. Here's a comment from Manny just from earlier in the show. Have you ever seen the ringer? Buzz looks like the uncle. Ha. Is the ringer the one where Johnny Knoxville pretends to be handicapped, yeah. mentally handicapped to get in the Special Olympics? That aged well. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't the uncle Brian Cox? Is that who it was? Do you remember? Did you ever see the ringer? Uh, nope. Can't say that I did. Yeah. I think I this do. guy's saying I look, I think Manny's saying I look like Brian Cox. I do not. By the way, Brian Cox was the first Hannibal Lecter in movies. Great actor. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it was him, yeah. No male model. No, it looks like you. Pull up a picture. I need to see this now. Brian yeah, to, C. Well, don't look up current because you know, Brian Cox is aged. I mean, that movie's almost 15 years old, so. What? You don't look like him. I don't think so either. <laughs> I'm looking at a clip here from the movie and it looks like Buzz. No. Oh, never mind. That's a physicist. Okay, never mind. I was going to say, I'm like, you look nothing like this guy. This Bri- is, you ought to know who Brian Cox is. Brian Cox. Professor. Yeah, Brian Cox was uh-huh. in Super Troopers. He was the boss. Um, he was also in X-Men oh my 2. <laughs> Shenanigans? Like yeah, the next person that says shenanigans is going to get pistol whipped. All right, so uh, we got a few comments on Facebook. Brandon, share those with us uh, of... 
the biggest secret you kept from your parents? So we get one from Patricia here that says that she racked up a $300 phone bill when she was about 10 years old calling one of those psychic phone lines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're 10 years old, you're calling. What, Her, do you think, what are you asking a psychic at the age of I don't 10? know. Hopefully, Patricia, if you're still listening, <laughs> you know, put it in the Facebook chat. Or she call. Says, Screw that. Call in. I need to know more about this. Was it Madam Cleo? Like, yeah. who was it? Was this the California psychic hotline? Like, there's so many different was variations. Was Dionne Warwick psychic friends network? <laughs> See? We have three different hotlines we all know of. Like, I need to know more about this. All right, well, give, give a call then, Patricia. Uh, and uh, she said that her older sister got blamed. She's now in her 40s, and she has still never fessed up to it. Uh, and then we also have one from Enrique here. It says that uh, apparently he was selling cocaine at a strip club in Juarez between 15 and 17 years old. Never, never told his parents about that, huh? Nope. At 15, how did you know the market going rate of that? That's pretty impressive. Uh, I think the, you know, like the cartels like to use <laughs> younger people. They're like, here you go. Well, Here's not the just flyer the cartels. with the prices for this week. Haven't you ever seen New Jack City? No. Oh, you should. Hello, Eric. Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning, Eric. Eric, you got a secret that you kept from your parents? Yeah, well, uh, you know, my mom really wanted me to go to uh, college, you know, right after, right, right, right after high school. And uh, so I registered and uh, I told her how much the semester was going to cost. So she gave me the money. So at the last minute, I felt that I wasn't ready for college yet. That I needed a little bit more free time. So instead of uh, paying for the classes, I went ahead and canceled them and I got myself a new stereo. And I used the rest of the money to party in Juarez for like a couple of months. <laughs> which was a lot of money back then. You got a huge st stereo? I got a stereo. I bought a stereo with the money that she gave me. Okay. Uh, a, a receiver. Then uh, I would just pretend to be doing homework at home. And, you know, I would pull up an encyclopedia and uh, pretend to be doing homework and stuff, and she would go for it. She never asked for my grades, but, you know, I did eventually graduate from college about 15 years later. And but, she's, uh, she's none the wiser? <laughs> I never... She never asked for my grades or asked me how I was going. She just assumed, you know, and, uh, you know, she was She just thought, hey, I get him in college. Everything's yeah. going to take care of itself. Once I write him this check, there's no way anything could go wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I felt bad, but I did eventually graduate. Like, and she doesn't know? Or she still doesn't know? No, she doesn't know. She doesn't know. Mm. I don't want to, I don't want to break her heart like that, but, uh, you know, yeah. she was thought of me as very responsible and stuff like that, sure. so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we'll keep your secret, Eric. All right, thanks for the call. Let's talk to. Uh, we're talking to people about secrets they kept from their parents, and Robert is up next. Hi, Robert. Hey, Buzz. How's everybody doing today? Fantastic. Thank you. What What did you keep a secret? Well, you see, a few years ago, in the neighborhood I grew up in, uh, we had a neighbor, and she lived on the corner, and she had a real bad relationship with her husband and I remember because we one time witnessed her husband get pulled out of the house or whatever but long story short you know I got a typical Mexican mother who would always tell me you know vale más que, you know don't talk to her and don't you know don't do anything to, you know stay out of trouble she's trouble well one night I ran into her at a bar and well the rest was history wait you hooked up with the troubled lady down the street yeah how, how old were you uh, I was 22 at the time okay. and she she was probably 38 37 at the time uh, okay <laughs> and my mom told me don't you ever and well 
Uh, I'm pretty sure if she found out, she'd be pretty uh, disappointed. <laughs> yeah, but you were an adult, right? Exactly. 22, yeah. she was yeah, 38. Yeah, but mom said no. <laughs> mom, <laughs> mom said no. Maybe that, maybe, you know. It's a I, culture I, thing. I'm not telling you to tell your mom, but maybe your mom would say, well, I only met when you were a kid. I'm not talking about after you're 21. You do whatever you want yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it was more like a moral thing, like stay away from her, you know, she's trouble. But yeah. me, you know, being a hot-headed 22-year-old, well, and I mean, she she was an attractive lady. It just made her more attractive, though, right? It, it kind of did. Yeah. You know, and the, it's, you know, it's a forbidden fruit. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what it is, exactly. You yeah. know what they say. <laughs> All right, Robert, thanks for the call. Oh, you got it. All right, appreciate it. Wait, I don't know what they say. What was he? <laughs> I, I think that he was saying, right. you know, forbidden fruit tastes sweeter or whatever. Mm, okay. Let's find out who we've uh, got lined up next. It is Javier. Hi, Javier. Hey, how's it going? What, what's your secret you kept from your parents? Okay, so my dad used to drink a lot when I was younger, when I was thirteen, and I bought some quarts of bush. And I wait, wait, wait! I, I, I think it might be the phone connection, or you might be fading out. I'm not catching everything you're saying. Okay, um, let's can do you it hear again. Me now? Yeah, maybe a little better. Okay, so when my dad was, uh, when I was younger, when I was 14, um, my dad had bought the quarts of bush. He bought about like a, about 30 of them, so he could get super drunk on the weekend. Wow! And so I ended up doing is that I ended up drinking. Half the beers and filling them up, filling them up with water. <gasps> okay, uh, filling up a beer with water isn't gonna fool anybody. I, I didn't. I, I didn't tell my my dad. I don't think my dad ever noticed because you know he was he used to drink a lot. Wait, so you're wait, saying, so you're saying he never noticed that you did it? No. Wow. Didn't he notice that they were open when he went into the fridge? No, because um, I ended up seeing on like on TV where they put nail polish and. <laughs> what? <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think. No, I've never told him. Not even after I got out of the army. I, You're probably doing him a favor. I mean, if he was so drunk that he didn't realize that he was now drinking water, you probably did it. Did Helps his, sober him up a little bit. You did his liver a favor away. anyway. All right, thanks, yeah. Javier. All right, thanks, bud. Javier's a hero. I'm a little <laughs> dubious that. Anybody, no matter how intoxicated, wouldn't notice. Well, it was mm. Bush. Maybe he didn't notice that he'd switched to water. Yeah. Uh, let's talk to Israel. Hi, Israel. Hi. Hi Israel. Buddy. Hey there. We're all being honest here. What's your secret you kept from your parents? <laughs> all right. So I was like 15 years old, and I was at my parents' friend's house because I was friends with, uh, well, my my friend back then, their son, and uh, um, we were there pretty late. And I, I was leaving home, and when I backed up my car, I backed it up into their, their Mustang. And, uh, like, nothing really happened to my car, but I really put a big dent in their door. And so I just booked it. I was, like, scared, so I just booked it, and I went home. Um, and so, like, you know, they came out where they, when they finally uh, noticed. Wait, wait, who, who, whose car did you hit? Uh, my, my parents' friend's car. Oh, the parents' friend's. Okay, all right. Right, and, and so then... You know, they, they they figured it was probably me because of the way I was parked and everything. Mm-hmm. So they went to the house and, you know, they, they, they told uh, my parents, like, hey, you know, I think your, your son hit our car and all this stuff. And uh, so, like, you know, right away, my dad, he thought, you know, I, it was me. He's like, yeah, you know, I think he did. 
And I was like, no, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Ooh. And my mom, she, she took my side. My mom's like, hey, you know, she didn't do it. And so it started a big old argument between them. And, uh, I mean, they had problems already as it is. Wait, wait. And is this going toward, like, this was the thing that finally led to them getting divorced? I honestly don't know, but I can't, I can't assume that it helped. Oh. Wait, did <laughs> but, your parents uh, end up getting divorced? Yes, they're divorced. And you think maybe a big part of it had to do with your mom taking your side in, I got to be honest with you, an obvious lie. I mean, it was pretty obvious <laughs> that you were lying about her, right? Um, right. Yeah, I think so, honestly, because, uh, like, she wasn't really, um, like, you know, like, trying to fight the case that, you know, like, I wasn't parked, you know, in the same spot or something like that. She was just saying, like, hey, it's your son. You should be taking his side. You know, you should be um, backing him up and all this stuff. Like, uh-huh. You know, she was just kind of letting my dad have it because um, he wasn't taking my side, you know, and stuff. Now, and, at any uh, point, did you think, you know what, maybe if I just... Maybe if I just swallow the pill and tell them, they won't get divorced. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess, I, I mean, I eventually did tell my dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I guess I was just, I was too scared, man. I was a 15, and uh, I had, it, I don't know, man. It was like my first yeah, time. Yeah, it was pretty heavy, man. Accident stuff. <laughs> no, that's pretty heavy stuff. All yeah, right. I, uh, well... Like you say, there's a lot of other problems. It probably wasn't the your one thing that did it. Right. But then it again, it could help. have been totally your fault. <laughs> 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 All right. Thanks, Israel. I don't All think right, so. I think you're good. Thank you, Israel, for calling. All right. It's totally his fault. <laughs> some of these are getting, now, some of these are getting pretty heavy. There's some heavy ones in the chat, Yeah, man. there's some really heavy ones Ooh. in the chat, too, yeah. All right, let's take a break, and we'll come back. Uh, this is going pretty good, right? Yeah. People admitting secrets they kept from their parents? We're, we are like the confessional at the the church, so here we are. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Here's the telephone number again. It's 844-305-6210. That's 844-305-6210. What's the key, uh, secret you kept from your parents? And more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show on the way right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. We got uh, a lot of calls coming in. I'm going to get to these right away. Uh, Question is, what's the secret you kept from your parents? Here's one that's pretty heavy from the uh, Facebook chat. When I This is Eric writing in. When I was 14, my parents got divorced. My dad started dating the woman who would eventually become my stepmother. My mom came home one night drunk off her ass with a 357 Magnum. <gasps> she told me she sat outside my dad's house and was going to shoot both of them. I my never goodness. told my dad or stepmom. Some of these are amusing. Some of them are real heavy, man. This is this reminds me of the contest we did for Mother's Day a couple of years back when it was like, hey, what's something that you're still apologizing for? And if you had one of the stories that we felt like, quote unquote, one, you got, you know, a gift card to Pro Flowers. Some of them were kind of innocent and others were really dark. Man. <laughs> the guy that was running a brothel out of his mom's yeah. bedroom. Hey, he won. <laughs> was that our winner? Yeah, that was, yeah, our that winner. was one of the winners. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. I think we're going to pick up with uh, line two and Ann. Hi, Ann. Hi there. Hi, Ann. What's the secret you kept from your parents? So I 
my mom used to work in a dental office, mm-hmm. and she was his assistant. Yep. And she one day left her scrubs in the living room, and it had the doctor's slips. It was a What a time for the call to go out! Wait a minute. Wait, Ann, get we got to get that phone call back. Hello, Ann. Yes. Okay. We we lost your call. Found the scrubs, and then what? Oh, so in the scrubs was his his um, notes, but it had his signature on it because she would his assistant, and she would fill out the paper for him. So I didn't want to go to school. So about half of my senior year, I had I just missed half of my entire senior year, and she excused me, or her doctor did. <sighs> The dentist was able to excuse you for half of your senior year? Because well, his signature was on those notes. Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't one note. It was like already filled out with his signature. Yes. Is that what you're saying, Ann? Yeah, and then I would go in and just put like different things that I had an infection or I had strep throat or I had pneumonia and they didn't check. So I just kept missing school. Wait, why would the dentist diagnose you with strep throat or pneumonia? Well, I kind of thought I would get caught like after the second time, but when I turned it in, the attendance office was just like, oh, okay, we'll feel better. So then I just kind of went. See, that probably proved to you what what most people have to find out when they're adults is mm-hmm. that no matter what the job is, most people are half-assing it. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Wow. And thanks for the call. Appreciate it. No problem. All right. We'll see you. Who thought? Man, that phone cut out for dramatic effect. By a show of hands, who thought she was going to find evidence that her mom was hooking up with the dentist? Oh, yeah. Man, that's what I told you. I thought it was like love notes from the dentist. Yeah. Or there were some Polaroids of some stuff they were Uh, maybe doing. I thought she said. That's where I thought it was going. And then the phone cut out. I know. I thought she said, I found the lips. And I'm like, she found the one lip. That's That's what what I I thought. thought. She found like his, like his. Yeah. But then I thought, wait a minute, dentist. Don't wear lipstick unless the dentist was a lady. Well, there's so much going through my mind during that call. Turns out she just used the fake doctor notes. I didn't know dentists use scissors. Uh, Nadine, hello. Hello. Hi, Nadine. What's the secret Hi. you kept from your parents? Okay, so when I was in about second grade, there was this girl who was pretty mean to me all the time, and I didn't like her. What grade? So, what what grade, Nadine? I, I believe it was second grade. Okay. And so uh, one day I went to the restroom and uh, I wrote, I love Benny, which is a boy in our class, on the wall. And then I wrote, her, signed her name, Love Leticia. And um, later on that day, the principal and staff came in and pulled her out of class and announced that she was expelled from school. And uh, I for, just. Found- for, for graffitiing the, the wall? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, you know, I felt really bad. I wanted to tell my parents, but their reaction, the school's reaction just scared me. Well, that seems like awfully scant evidence to expel somebody from school. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't they think... Uh, I mean, you weren't trying to get her in trouble. Like, you weren't trying oh, to get her expelled. You just wanted to embarrass expelled, her. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever tell her? No, I never told anybody. We're the first people you're telling this. <laughs> You're the first ones, yes. Oh, we feel special. Let's call her up. What if her life just totally went downhill from oh, there? Oh, no. She ended up like on Skid Row because <laughs> she just, you know. That's that moment you go back to. Right. That's the flashback. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Nadine. No problem. Thank All right. You. We'll see. <laughs> this is some rough stuff. <laughs>
You got any from uh, Facebook, Brandon, that... There's a lot in Facebook. Yeah, I know. There's a lot coming to Facebook. Look up... There's a lot of really dark (laughs) ones, man. Um, I don't want to bum people out totally. Oh, we did get a reply from Patricia, though, about the psychic hotline. (gasps) Yes. So she said she's not able to call, but so at the time, she was calling the psychic hotline because she was adopted and wanted more information about her birth family. So the funny part is she has two older sisters. The one that was blamed thought the other one had done it. So, like, nobody thought it was her whatsoever. And to this day, it still comes up in conversations at family holidays. So the two older sisters still bring it up, but they have never thought that it might be Patricia, the younger sister, who Mm -hmm. actually called the psychic hotline. Everybody thought it was somebody else except for her. Oh, that reminds me of one that I, I guess it's a pretty big secret that I'm keeping from my mom still. Hi, Dan. Let's go with Dan first. He's been on hold. Hi, Dan. Hey, Buzz. How are you? I'm good. Dan, what's your secret that you've been keeping from your folks? Well, it's more that I've been keeping from everybody. For I mean, I did eventually tell my parents, but I uh, I shot heroin straight into my arm uh, when I was in Afghanistan. Um, and were you in the Army? I was a, I was a Marine. Uh, Mar- in the Marines. Yeah, Why was I, that? Was it easy to? I mean, what led to this? Well, yeah, what what precipitated this? Well, the the whole time I was a kid growing up, I had I was a super straight edge nerd. You know, I I didn't play on the football team. I I, I ran track, but because I was a fat little nerd, and I just threw the shot put. Yeah, I, I never went to parties or anything, and I never cut loose. And then here I am, a terrified little nineteen year old in Afghanistan with a machine gun, and uh, one of the guys that I played poker with at night. Uh, he was a British soldier. And uh, I don't know if y'all have ever hung out with any British people. For No, but I've seen train spotting. <laughs> they, they've, they've, they've got the best drugs. And really? It was, it was a, a British medic who, who asked me one night when, when we finished the regular poker with all, everyone else, he was like, hey, do you want to come to where... The, the real party is and I was like I sure I guess I don't have patrol for another oh my God. like seven or eight hours this so. is no laughing matter because I mean going back uh, definitely to Vietnam and probably before people have you know gotten serious drug uh, addictions because they're in war and it's so stressful and that they you know they do that I don't I don't know if that's where your story's going or not Dan well um I mean, I did it, and it was the most incredible thing I've ever done. I had never even smoked weed before. I have heard people... quite the leap. Like, I have never and will never do heroin, but people who describe it make it sound like it is... I I mean, I don't want to say what people have described it to me like, because it sounds like an endorsement of freaking heroin, but what you're saying is something I've heard before, Dan. Did uh, did this lead to any other issues, or was this hopefully just the one-time thing? It was ended up being a two-time thing. Um, I went back a couple of days later, and I was like, "Hey, man, I've got a carton of cigarettes here. If uh, if you can hook me up with one more of those nice little vials you had." Wow! And, and he and he he did. Um, did he say, "Hey, it, listen, mate," because he's British? He'd probably call you <laughs> mate. Did he say, "Listen, you want to be careful with this stuff." You know, you can get out of control and people can get, you know, a real monk. Did he give you any kind of warning like that? Uh, the first time, the first time he did, yeah. He was like, look, I'm just going to give you a little bit because you say you've never done this before. And, uh, 
And it was it was a lot of fun, and I went back and I did it with him one more time, and then after that, um, his unit got pulled up to go to a, a different fob, and so I, I never saw him again, and wasn't about to start asking around for anyone else who might have any smack. So as much as you, it sounds like, enjoyed it, Dan, you were able to to, to do it that two times and... and Call it, it good, that's you, it. You didn't let it take control of your life or anything. No, no, no. no. I, oh, I, good. I, All right. I got out and I came back and, I mean, I, I drink too much, but show me a veteran who doesn't. Yeah. Hey, tell me this, Dan. You were in the Marines over in Afghanistan. I have heard that it... I don't know. Maybe you don't. You don't have to tell me if you don't want to. But I've heard like there are a lot of things when people are in patrol. As part of the thing is different things to keep you alert, and a lot of those things would be considered illegal stateside. But that it is either I don't want to say condoned by the military, but they don't really do anything to stop it. Is there any truth to that? Um, I'm not sure what, what you mean. You mean like meth or anything like yeah, that? Substances like narcotic substances that you know, if you got to be awake for forty-eight hours in a row or seventy-two hours in a row or whatever, out on a patrol or whatever. Well, they uh, they don't. By no means is there any is there any secret hidden okay to to do things like that to stay awake. Half the time, you're not even allowed to smoke cigarettes. Oh, okay. Um, well, I wanted to hear it from somebody who would know. So, so tell me, tell me what your experience was. Staying awake. Yeah, I mean, um, or or just the fact that the that the military that there was some way that guys got a hold of things that would keep them their edge sharp that might not be completely legal. I don't know too much about that. Um, I most. How much trouble would you have gotten into if you're? If uh, your immediate uh, superior had found out about the heroin thing, I would have been immediately sent back stateside. They would have confiscated my rifle and all of my grenades. Okay, good. Uh, That's they, what I wanted to hear. <laughs> That's what I was, hope- they, what I was hoping have, to hear. They would have shipped me home immediately, and they would have thrown me in the brig, and probably would have gotten out on a dishonorable discharge. Is usually yeah. a worst case scenario. You hear about people getting out with dishonorable discharges. You don't get a dishonorable discharge unless it's like felony grade stuff. Yeah. Um, well, this is fascinating, Dan, and I'm I'm glad that after all your experiences, you're you know you're you're okay. It's good to hear. I appreciate the call, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll see you. I don't know. I just heard from some other guys. It's like, yeah, you know, they there's like this pretty heavy duty stuff that. Mm-hmm. You can get a hold of, but, you know, I don't know. I just hear hearsay, secondhand stuff. All right, we had another call uh, that we want to take. We have Joe. Hello, Joe. Hi, good morning, guys. Good morning, Joe. What's the big secret you kept from your parents? Uh, so I was in the sixth grade, and we had this kid. He, it was kind of like our neighbor, like front door neighbor, almost catty corner. Yep. Um, and he used to bully me a lot in uh, in elementary and um, I mean, my mom will never know because she already passed away. But uh, there was a—they were going to do one of those Adair program presentations uh, during that week. And uh, my uncle used to live with us in the guest house in the back of the house. And I took his stash of cocaine <laughs> and I put it in this kid's backpack. And the dogs came around and they found this little bag in his backpack. <laughs> 
full of little cut up pieces of magazine full of cocaine. What? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, the the dare program was we're gonna bring the dogs in and search the kids. That was your school's version of the dare program. No, the dare the dare program was they would bring in uh, the dogs and they would do a demonstration and stuff and tell you you know not to, to say no to drugs and all this. Uh, but the thing is that um, I knew that they were coming. Um, because uh, another buddy of mine that that was there also, well, he didn't get bullied, but I told I told him about my situation. He said, "You know what? Um, my uncle, or one of his uh, uh, family members, also who lived a couple streets down, he worked with the uh, with the dogs, and he told me about it. And I was like, no, it'll never work.' And he said, "Just you know, you really want to get them off your back? This is how you could do it." Wait, so at the so, age of eleven or possibly twelve, you planted cocaine in another kid's backpack <laughs> on the day they were bringing yeah. the drug sniffing dogs into school. Yeah. So this kid got expelled. <sighs> he, he actually he went to juvenile, and he, they took him to ju uh, to juvie because in New Mexico, you know, it's pretty strict. They were pretty strict at that time, and so they took him to the juvenile center, and um, so he did. He actually did quite a bit in, in the juvenile center and he got into a lot of trouble in there because he ended up uh, stabbing a child in yeah. juvie and to this day uh, he's still in prison oh my this is the worst thing I've ever heard yeah. <gasps> but he never bothered me again so that was good <laughs> every class got a silver lining yeah. huh? right, you gotta break a few omelets it, to make it, it, it almost <laughs> it, uh, I guess he kind of well it almost seemed like an inevitable path for him because, you know, when he was in there, I guess he did yeah. what he did. Yeah, once you've had uh, cocaine planted on you by a classmate, I mean, your kind of <laughs> track is set. Really not coming back from right. there, huh? Thanks, Joe. All right, thank we'll you. All right, man, Holy these crap. are all the these are all that the moments. Intense. So have you have you watched South Park last from last week yet? Yeah. So you want to you know about Mexican Joker? Yeah, and how they're so they're they're really really freaking out about Mexican Joker and whether or not which one of you kids is Mexican Joker? Yeah, and they're worried about like, this is the flashback. This is the flashback where he becomes Mexican Joker. <laughs> We're hearing moments from some of these people where they have may have created a villain. Yeah, by you created planting, Mexican Joker planting cocaine. If you don't know what Mexican Joker bully. is, it's your fault for not watching South Park. Yeah. Oh my God! Great episode, by the way. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Tell us about the After Buzz, which is coming up, depending on which time zone you're in. It's coming up at 10.30 Mountain, 11.30 Central. Yeah, and you can find it over on the KLAQ YouTube channel. Make sure when you're over there, you're clicking to get the notifications because we try to get it on right at 11.30 Central Time, 10.30 Mountain Time, but sometimes it's delayed slightly. Um, so go ahead and make sure you're, you're clicking like, you're clicking all the notifications and stuff. And um, yeah, it's basically, it's a little show I do anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes. Today we'll be talking about, you know, baseball postseason. We'll be talking about the NHL. I did say yesterday that I'm going to pick my team that I'm going to be rooting for, for this NHL season, because something that happens every year is I always regret not following the NHL as much as I would have hoped. Like when the playoffs finally roll around, like the Stanley Cup playoffs start, I start to get into it. I'm like, man, I wish it would, I should have been watching the whole season. And it always happens every single year. And I'm, I'm torn right now because I feel if I, if I picked a team, I would have a more vested interest in it. You know what I mean? Like then, then you have something to follow. Yeah. Something more in particular. But one of the reasons I also love watching the NHL is I don't have a favorite team. 
So I can watch any game and be completely entertained, and there's no stress. Man, I'm telling you, Patriots games, uh, Blazers games, when the playoffs start coming up and the Minnesota Twins are playing, uh, like it's going to be high-stress levels. Whereas if in the NHL, I don't have any particular rooting interest, I the can just only, watch, Do you know the you know, only sporting free. events I can get excited about are... Sooner's football. Sooner football. You tip minor football. <laughs> Sooner football. And if I'm being honest, I've got to have some money riding on it for me to really be invested in the game. Even if it does, it, it can be five bucks. Even if it's, wait, hold on. No, are you even like? Are you talking about anything outside of Sooner football? Like it's it's the two things: Sooner football and anything you have money riding on. Yeah. Or even for you to get interested in Sooner football, you have to have money riding on the Sooner football. No, Sooner football, I'm I'm invested in. But anything else, you know, I'm a Saints fan, but. You could take two teams that I don't care anything. Take the worst matchup of the week. If I were to put $10 on the game, I would watch that game on the edge of my seat. It's just having something riding on it to me. Like, like it's, I don't like even get slapped in the face with a fish? Yeah. that Believe me, I watched that entire Super Bowl no, in you, horror. You said you went to bed at halftime. Oh, because they had it locked it up. Over. Yeah, you were right. like, oh, this game's over. Over the Falcons up by like 40 points almost at yeah. one time. And they Falcon lost. Yeah. I don't even have fun golfing unless we're wagering, wagering a little bit. Something. something. Not a lot. You know, not enough to break anybody. I think you got a problem, man. <clears throat> no, it just makes it more fun. Yeah, see, for me, you know, when it comes to the NHL, uh, like I keep saying I'm going to pick a team, I'm going to pick a team, but I don't know, man. Because there, there's there's certain teams that I already have kind of rooting uh, rooting interests in, the Boston Bruins just because of the New England Patriots connection, um, the Chicago Blackhawks because the local minor league team in Portland is the Winterhawks and they got their original jerseys from the the Chicago Blackhawks. The Winterhawks. And um, we also have uh, our good friend um, Alex Ovechkin, who is another big reason why. Uh, I would want to refer him. I thought I had all of this stuff loaded up. I guess I didn't. Ovechkin? I like that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This He's guy. He's hilarious. So you, this is, and, and this is why I might be pushing for the Capitals. What's up, buds? <laughs> <laughs> it's yours, boys and girls and buds. Let's go. <laughs> and so then when I asked him. He's like I a was crazy like, Russian. He just comes off like a henchman trying to get John Wick. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, I was talking to him and I asked him, hey, man, why should I root for the Washington Capitals this year. I mean, I need you to give me an argument as to why I should repeat. Yeah, and what did Ovechkin say? We're not going to be f- sunk this year. <laughs> no. So I don't know, but yeah, that's all. That's coming up uh, later today um, on the After Buzz. We'll be talking about that. It's not just going to be sports, but those are the two kind of topics that we can tease right now. So that's coming up at eleven thirty Central Time, ten thirty Mountain Time uh, on the After Buzz over on the KLAQ YouTube channel. While we were talking about secrets, like one of our commenters was making so many comments that I just was fascinated. Like, very, not very often do I go and it's like, mm-hmm. I got to find out more about this guy. Like, I, after the show, yeah, I'm totally going to find buzz. out what's going on. It's so much crazy stuff, but it, this is one that he wrote. Uh, and I'm not going to, you know, just because somebody posts on the timeline doesn't necessarily mean they want me to call him out on air, but it was about things that are secrets. So, and ours specifically was parents, but it led to this. Listen to this. I bought the other woman, so I guess that means like his mistress. The mistress. $130 in lingerie from Victoria's Secret. 
if you've ever bought lingerie from Victoria's Secret, you know $130 is a bra. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's <laughs> right. Like a strip of cloth and maybe like a one clasp. That's about it. Yeah. Like $130 in merchandise from Victoria's Secret doesn't weigh as much as one hummingbird feather I'll buy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he says, I screwed up and my wife found the receipt. She called me and confronted me. I told her I didn't know what she was talking about. I then rushed to Victoria's Secret and bought a whole bunch of lingerie, ran home, hid it in the attic, and then when she confronted me in person, I pulled the boxes out of the attic and said, way to ruin Christmas. Yeah, You're a horrible human being. You're terrible. That's awful. But pretty genius. I know that was that was some thinking like, on your toes. Yeah, but you missed later on in the chat. He also said she, that cheated she cheated on him. Cheated on him. <laughs> oh, oh dang! Like I gotta find. So out she wore this. it for him, like the other guy. <laughs> she she took all of the lingerie that was bought for her and wore it for the other man. Nice. Circling I back appreciate on a, both of your relationships. Circling back on a story Sounds like that, a beautiful marriage. We had this story <laughs> earlier. Uh, it's the woman who bought a, a used couch at a thrift store. And was going through the cushions four years after she bought the couch and found a vintage Rolex that she had appraised. And they said it's worth at least $250,000. Just a few more of the details. The woman paid $25 for the used couch. And it wasn't until four years after she bought it that she was going through and found this Rolex Daytona 6241 Paul Newman Variant watch. They were only about three thousand of them made when they were made back in the sixties. And the watch she went took it to a watch dealer who examined it and said it's worth at least a quarter million dollars. The woman says that she is going to use the money to buy a house and get a boob job. Nice. From a moral standpoint, is it incumbent upon her to at least try and track down? the original owner of the couch like to go I, I back I don't think she would be able to though but does she need to try to be able to to sleep at night and be a good person Brandon does she need Man. to go back to the hey you know go back to the thrift shop who sold you this couch I would it's say four, maybe try. Yeah, I, I would ask them, like, hey, I bought this couch from you four years ago. And don't tell them why. But <laughs> be like, hey, I bought this couch from you and I found something inside of it that may have belonged to the previous owner. Do you have any information? If they can't help you, then they're yeah, maybe. Right. Yeah, if, they, if it's it. a dead end, you've it's a dead done end. Because you, what you're not going to want to do, you're not going to post somewhere like, oh, like I bought this couch four years ago and I found this $250,000 Rolex in it. You'll get all kinds of wackos. Who like, right, is my this? Couch. Everybody's going to claim it's their couch. Mm-hmm. Or the people at the thrift shop say, oh, we found them for you. Just give us the watch and we'll get it back. Hey, that's what yeah. I would be worried if They're like, well, give us the watch and we'll get it to the owner. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm, sure, Jan. From my cold, dead hands. I don't know what you should do or I don't know what. I would do, but I know that I would definitely be tortured over it if I didn't at least try and find mm-hmm. even a shot. Yeah. And even then, you could like lie to the um, to the was it Goodwill or thrift thrift yeah, store? Just a thrift shop. Kind of a thrift shop. Was. You could even lie and just be like, "Yeah, I need to find out who it is." Because I found somebody naked and got herpes, so we need to pass it along to them to let them know they might need to get tested. <laughs> or you could say you found something sent of sentimental value, but no monetary value. One time, I found a watch, and I don't know if it was a an expensive watch. It looked like a nice watch, but I found it in a golf cart. Like somebody had left mm-hmm. it in there. Uh-huh. 
So I'm like, that, that's a place you find lost clubs and you find all kinds of crap and you're supposed to turn it into the pro shop. Uh-huh. So I turn it into the pro shop and I'm thinking, now, am I getting the watch back to the owner or did I just give the guy at the pro shop a free watch? You just gave the guy at the pro shop a free watch. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but what if that guy comes back looking for his watch? You know, karma's a bitch, dude. Well, as I thought about it, I thought what I should say is, look, I found a watch. If anybody calls in looking for it. Here's my info. Here's my info. But that's a good one. But I didn't. Got a story here about a church that uh, got started a couple years ago, and they had such unexpected growth that they needed to expand. So they bought a building that used to be a strip club and they're converting the strip club into a church that holds 700 people. So here's the pastor. Stepping up on the main stage, Pastor Ezekiel. Here to play on the organ. (laughs) It's (laughs) charity. Uh, Here's the pastor talking about converting the strip club into church. He says he doesn't have a problem with it. as As far as he knows, none of his parishioners have a problem with it either. I believe that God is opening up some doors that a 20-month-old church can't open by themselves. I don't mind being in a building that was a strip club any more than I mind somebody walking in our doors that had at one time in their life been a stripper. We believe that we can bring hope and healing to any location. That's what we're trying to do. The people that call New Sound Church home are overwhelmingly excited about the idea of being able to take a space like this and see God do something amazing in it. New Sound Church sounds like a car stereo. (laughs) (laughs) Solid. Can you imagine what that first service is going to be like? All right, all right, all right, folks. Are you ready to get holy? Let's turn our attention to the main altar. She leads the prayer group on Fridays and the ladies' luncheon club on Thursdays. Give it up for Sister Roberta. Yes, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Moly, look at her. Get those dollar bills high in the air, get them high, get them high, get them high, and put them in the offering plate. Just a reminder, we've got an all-you-can-eat communion wafer buffet. Sister Roberta is about to make you want to make it rain holy water. Oh, yeah. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Lisa, I know you're you're crazy for Disney. I know. I'm still upset you won't do my idea for the Halloween parade. What was your idea? (laughs) I wanted to do Disney and drag. And and you you were going to be Belle. I was going to be the Beast. Disney does not mess around with that. (laughs) You probably have signed so many documents to do, like... How cute would that be? You want Disney bre- breathing down your neck Brandon over your Halloween? Brandon could have been the Little Mermaid. Joanna would be Prince Eric. It was going to be, be great. You I just told you, you're Belle. Belle. Oh, I'd go for that. Yeah, that's a beautiful <laughs> dress. You look great. Yeah, where are you going to get it at size 24? You know, Disney makes magic happen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we have Alex Garcia, who is a skater with Disney on Ice. Hi, Alex. Hi, guys. Welcome into our ridiculous show. <laughs> okay. Um, so I want to tell you about the show times. Tonight, there's a show, uh, and this is at the County Coliseum at 7.30. There's a show tomorrow, and that's a Spanish show. So some of these shows oh. are in Spanish. Yeah, we do have a lot of people from all around the world in this okay. show. It's so amazing. We are going to have two shows in Spanish this weekend. And, well, tonight, it's our opening night show, and it's sold out. Oh, tonight is sold out. How exciting. Yeah. We've got shows on uh, through the weekend, it turns out. So 
How does that work in Spanish? Like all the characters are talking in Spanish? Yeah, it's Disney magic. <laughs> Hola! <laughs> Bienvenidos exactly. Disney on Ice! Like yeah, that? Yeah, just like that. How does Donald Duck sound? Well... <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Well, he, it sounded like he used a foul word, but that's not what happened at all. Uh-huh. Uh, so tell us about your skating career. Like, how, how did you get to reach the pinnacle of being a professional skater with Disney on Ice? Well, I started skating 11 years ago when I was younger, and... Um, I started competing. I had a uh, freestyle competitive career. Mm -hmm. And then I joined a synchro team. So I'm What is that? What is a synchro team? A synchronized skating team is a a skating team with 16 people on the ice doing some elements and holds and uh, shapes. So it's super cool. So I'm used to skate with uh, some other people. And in this show, we have a lot of performers. We have more than 60 performers on the ice. 60 performers, all skaters? Skaters and acrobats, because this um, this is one of the newest productions of Felt Entertainment, uh-huh. and we have a lot of things happening on the ice and off the ice. We have flights, we have Spanish web, we have sway poles, Chinese poles, some acrobatics, wow. fireworks. We have a lot of special effects that are gonna. I don't know what any of those things are. Is Goofy gonna be there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no sway pole. It, it sounds like like acrobatic. It sounds yes. very impressive. Kids must be delighted. Yeah. Kids of all ages. Kids and parents and everyone's going to be delighted because we, we are going to travel to our favorite stories of Disney, um, Belle. We're going to go with Belle. We're going to go to Coco. Mm. We're going to oh, go to with Aladdin. That must be a fairly <laughs> new thing, right? With yes. Coco. We're going to set sail with Moana as well. Oh, great. So we have stories for the kids and for the parents, for everybody. But nobody's going to know, like, which one is Alex? Well, yeah, I'm an ensemble skater in this production, uh-huh. in this show, so I have the chance to participate in most of them. Oh, cool. Oh, so, so most, of the, most of the routines you're in? Yep. Do you guys have to, like, pra- what's your practice schedule like when you're on the road, or do you have it all down, you don't have to rehearse and practice? Or, or Well, yeah, we have to practice some um, different elements of, of the show, mm-hmm. not only skating, but the acrobatics. Uh, the skaters or the performers are trained to do some acrobatic stuff as well. Um, this show's in Spanish. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the live host. Oh, so you can well, there you go. The live host during the show, and you get to speak. Yeah, live. All right, give me like a just a little taste of what you're gonna do when you're the announcer. Like, how are you gonna welcome people? I'm uh, bilingual. I don't know if you. Know oh, that. bilingual. Oh yes, mm-hmm. I'm trilingual. Well, okay. we're gonna because I try to send all our favorite, <laughs> our favorite friends from Disney. So we're gonna ask Tinkerbell to bring all the stars to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got the most fantastical, fabulous feathers of the planet. He's the one, the only Donald Duck. Yes! Oh yeah! And Goofy, con ustedes alguien a quien le gusta mucho caerse. ¿Quién podría ser? Okay, what did he say, Goofy? Goofy, Goofy is muy estúpido. No, no, <laughs> no, did not work. No, you're Goofy is un perro ridiculoso. Pretty okay. good. Uh, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna, have you ever what? been to a Disney on Ice show? No, I have not. I went to one like a year ago oh, at yeah. the State Fair. It was all like a lot of it was frozen. It, you know, because it kind of lends well, yeah, itself, it's right? Yeah, it's an ice show, but... Yeah, I know. I know. It's like... Well, this one's cool, though, because it has all the different stories. So you can, like... Oh, Frozen, like the movie Frozen. I, oh. <laughs> I got it. 
Did you, Joanna, did you think you were talking about the ice being frozen? <laughs> about duh, Buzz, it's Disney on ice. <laughs> no, it had the, the girl who makes the ice. She was Elsa. There. Elsa, that's right. Jeez. It was good. Joanna. Was <laughs> I got it. <laughs> all right, so uh, I, I wish there was some place I could send you to see all the schedules. Is there, is there a website? Hey, just DisneyOnIce.com, yeah. and you can look up the ticket information for the El Paso presentation. Yeah, we're going to be at El Paso County Coliseum. Yes. And you can get your tickets in Ticketmaster.com or DisneyOnIce.com or the box office at the, at the venue. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Alex, for dropping by. And you're going to be the announcer tonight or on this, uh, for, for the whole thing? I'm going to be tomorrow in the Spanish show. Oh, you're doing the Spanish. And That's the right. first show at noon on Saturday. How do you say Donald Duck in Spanish? Pata Donald. Pata Donald. All right. Yeah. How about uh, Goofy? Oh, we say Goofy. Okay. That's his name. Let me think. So the ones who had, like Pluto would just be Pluto. Yeah. How about Beauty and the Beast? How do you say that in Spanish? La Bella y la Bestia. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. So I think I'd go to the Spanish. I think I'd enjoy the Spanish more. It's like the first time I ever. I saw think you'd Popeye learn it. You'd, you'd learn a lot more. You could take your girlfriend. Yeah, oh. she could oh, explain it, things to you. And, and you know why people are saying Beauty and the Beast behind your back. Mm. <laughs> 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 Gee. You All would right. be the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, have, you don't know that you haven't met my girlfriend. You don't know what she looks like. <laughs> You're lucky she doesn't speak English and yeah, she didn't hear that statement. <laughs> See, I feel the good thing about dating some, I, my girlfriend is from Mexico and doesn't speak much English at all. And so I can talk about her and nobody knows. <laughs> well, people know, but she doesn't. So right. Maybe we'll come out and we'll watch you yeah. at Disney on Ice. Thank you, Alex, for dropping by today. And Thank everybody so go much, out and see guys. Disney on Ice. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, uh, Lisa, let's break in here and just talk about uh, what we've read within the past couple of minutes on the Newswire. Right. This is just coming over right now. Um, Senator Bernie Sanders has been hospitalized. Uh, He was at a campaign event last night and was complaining of chest pain. Uh, He was taken to the hospital and after an evaluation, it was found that he was going to need stents in his arteries. Uh, The 78-year-old senator had two stents placed in his artery and uh, he is now going to be recuperating. He is canceling all of his campaigning events until further notice. Notice, uh, we are getting a lot of different people reacting to this news, including uh, Beto O'Rourke has also has sent out his uh, heartfelt uh, well wishes, as well as Pete Buttigieg. Um, Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton were both on The View this morning and reacted to the news, saying they as well are hoping that uh, he gets better soon. And also we're talking about how it's good for people to know uh, when there is pain like that in their chest to go ahead and get it checked out. So he has already undergone the surgery. Yes, this okay. is they are saying that he was rushed to the hospital last night. After after going through a few different tests, they went ahead and decided they needed to put those stents in his artery. Uh, but he will be, for now, postponing his campaigning events. All right, who wants to start off on entertainment news? Brandon, uh, you watched The Connors, and before that, Roseanne, when it came back, uh-huh. and you've got some something to tell us about The Connors, which I is do. now back. It came back last week, as a matter of fact. And which, which is interesting, because we were watching it last year, because last season was the first one where they had transitioned from Roseanne to The Connors. They killed her off. Um, it was... Uh, I, I th- a heart attack or something like that is what it was. It was like she a, had a pill problem. Yeah. 
Um, but ultimately, like she was addicted to opioids. Yeah, that was a, a major storyline before they um, booted her from the show for the tweets that she had sent out. Right. Uh, but there's an article now saying that the Connors might be, you know, like reboots are kind of the big thing now. They brought back Murphy Brown, that failed. Um, and then they have some of these other ones. The Full, Connors, Fuller House is one they brought back. Fuller House, but that was on Netflix, so mm, okay. and that lasted like three seasons, so you can't really say that. Do you that remember a couple failed. years ago they brought back X Files after like fifteen years? Yeah, Joel McHale played like an Alex Jones type character. Oh. Um, but yeah, so they talk about all these reboots and these these shows kind of coming back, and they're saying that The Connors is probably going to be the most successful one, um, debuting very well. It debuted last week. And it's going to be one of the better shows that ABC has on its uh, has on its network. Yeah, they just added Katie Seagal as like a reoccurring character. Peggy Bundy. Yeah, her. Is is she a love interest for, for Dan? Dan? Yeah, she uh. is. She was like an old high school girlfriend of Dan's. Ooh. Yeah, they, 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 I believe they introduced her last season. Yeah, they did. And he kind of. He wasn't it was ready still, to. Yeah, it was yeah. still in the wake of the death of Roseanne. So oh, I kind of like that no. though. She's really good in it, and then yeah. I, I saw the season premiere. Did so they it was check? Good too. I mean, I don't think I'm not suspicious or anything, but did they check Katie Seagal's Twitter history just to be sure? <laughs> good point. I don't know. <laughs> well, she was Gemma Teller, but mm-hmm. it'd be no, really interesting show. if all of a sudden Dan Connor ends up creating a group called No Ma'am, <laughs> National Organization for. What was Look, it? you guys, we had that. We had this yeah. question. Of it. I forgot what no man. Men against Amazonian masterhood. Masterhood. <laughs> that whole show has, I, and I believe you that, that it's a good show, but that has really been a hash because there was a season where they got rich because Roseanne won the lottery. And then at the end of the series, it turns out that that had all been a, a novel she was writing or a book she was writing. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that Dan had actually been dead that whole time. Well, then they bring it back up. Dan's not dead anymore. And then Roseanne sends out some pretty racist, uh, crazy tweets. And they kill her off. So Dan's alive, but Roseanne is dead. <laughs> you know, you put it that way, yeah. It seems pretty weird. Yeah, it would definitely... <laughs> the, the end, like, the, the first, like, six seasons of Roseanne were great. And then it was got when they got towards the end where they did win the lottery and it was, oh, she was writing a book and it was actually Dan that passed away and all this other stuff. Um, but they, the way that they have moved on with this show, it's still been very entertaining because you have... Everybody else is back, and they and all Darlene have kids. Darlene may be uh, hooking it back up with David because he's not because not Big Bang Theory anymore. Exactly. That's what uh, I they said. brought in uh, uh, Juliet Lewis. Lewis. She was she was uh, played the wife of David. I've uh, got a couple of notes here, including superhero, and then somebody uh, is ready to jump in and tell us something about Joker, which comes out this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I've looked up this Todd Phillips thing. He has done a ton of comedies. I don't know what you're. When talking I think about. of Todd Phillips, I usually associate him with. Didn't he do Far from Heaven? And he did the the movie where a bunch We're of not different. We're saying he didn't, but what was happening at the beginning of the show and <laughs> the pre-show meeting when Lisa's trying to talk to you about this, you're like, "Well, he didn't do comedy," and Lisa's like, "He did The Hangover." Well, but I know him for this stuff, and we're like, "We're I not." Do saying I him. know him for more serious movies? But but you like started but, an argument with Lisa. I don't mean to start an argument. Yes, I do. When she's saying, "Yeah, you do." <laughs> you're, t- you're thinking but, Todd Haynes. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, I don't, I okay, don't see any mystery serious solved. movies. I was thinking. Todd 
Todd Haynes. Because I'm literally looking at I this. I was totally thinking Todd Haynes. <laughs> he has on here Road Trip, Old School, Starsky and Hutch, Borat, The Hangover. Wait, what, what was that in Hutch? Serious what dramatic was that one called? Yeah, movies there. Starsky and Hutch. Okay. And then The Hangover, Due Date, The Hangover Part 2. Okay, I'm willing to admit I got Todd Phillips confused <laughs> with Todd Haynes, who directs pretty serious kind of... <laughs> Yeah, but you were so adamant. Yeah, you were. were. You shut you me were, down so fast. Yeah, I'm but like, you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm admitting. But that's the thing is, you're arguing with Lisa, and there was nothing to argue about. I was like, she's like, she's like, well, but he's done these movies. Well, yeah, those are comedies, but that's not what I know him for. <laughs> and we're like, we're not asking what you know him for. We're saying that he's moved on it, from. It turns comedy. out it's not even the same guy. Uh huh. So he's great. The Joker is not going to be. You know, let's just get to the Joker stuff. I'll say we're already into it, so go ahead. Okay, so Todd Phillips. Phillips. Not Haynes. P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S, not H-A-N-E-S. That is Haynes. Todd Phillips is hardly the first name that you would associate with dark, gritty comic book movies. He's known for comedy hits such as The Hangover Trilogy, Road Trip, Old School, and... The others, he has long been doing funny movies. But so, the question is, why did he decide to do this? Well, he said, uh, he says he couldn't hang with the current culture. He said, quote, go try to be funny nowadays with this woke culture. There are articles about why com- comedies don't work anymore. And I'll tell you why. That's because all the bleep and funny guys are like, bleep this bleep. I don't want to offend you. And they're done. Really? Yeah. He said he was. So he's taken the uh, anti-SGW yeah, argument on He this. said it's just hard to argue with 30 million people on Twitter. You can't do it. So well, you don't just do go, it. I'm out. And he said, <laughs> and guess what? I am out. He said, with all my comedies, I think what comedies in general all have in common is they're uh, irreverent. So I go, how do I do something that's irreverent but bleep comedy? Oh, I know. Let's take the comic book movie universe and turn it on its head with the Joker. And that's basically where this movie came from. But guess what? There are a lot of people that are having a problem with this movie before it comes out. Mm -hmm. The theater that some crazy dude shot up in Aurora isn't even going to show Joker. Mm -hmm. Did that theater show like Batman versus Superman or anything like that? Or is this this movie specific? I don't know if they showed like... I don't know. uh, You know, Alamo, I believe Alamo Drafthouse actually put out some sort of warning about this movie uh, saying, uh, oh, here it is. It says here, parental warning, this is not a joke. Joker is rated R, and and for a good reason. There's lots of very, very rough language, brutal violence, and overall bad vibes. It's gritty, dark, and realistic. Taxi driver-esque depiction of one man's descent into madness. That's what I thought. I said the previews remind me of Taxi Driver, not just because Robert De Niro's in it. Yeah, it says it's not for the kids, and they won't like it anyways. And then in parentheses, it says there's no Batman. (laughs) Uh, I hear so, there is a Batman, but he's a little kid. Yeah, so, I mean, but... Uh, so dra- it's like watching Gotham. Yeah, Alamo's putting this out saying, basically, don't bring your kids. This isn't a movie for kids. Which is making people like Buzz go, heck yes! That's even better. Based on the previews, I would say that it's a Joker movie that also has elements of Taxi, Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, which is another De Niro movie. But De Niro played the loser... In that, mm-hmm. who wanted to be on this famous talk show? Now he plays the famous talk show host in Joker. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, right. 
with all the controversy, it has made me want to see... I mean, I was going to see it regardless, but it's mm-hmm. made me want to see it sooner. Like, all mm-hmm. this controversy, I feel motivated to get out maybe on Friday to go see it. You? Yeah, I'm going to go check it out. At least I want to. Are we going to make it a Brandon Buzz uh, matinee day? Completely depends on if the wife wants to see it. What are you saying? If she wants to see it, I'm out? Yeah. (laughs) It's my wife. Buzz is all, can I come too, though? superior to you, all right? Yeah. All right, fine. Why? Wait, let's go to the movies, Buzz. There you go. Take Take me and Lisa. You, you guys know you talk like that and then when it's time to do it you don't want to go because you send us the time like five minutes before the movie yeah you've done what that ifs? like three times you're like alright movie at 145 we and look down it's at our at phone the it's 130 across town they go pick Flick's brew house oh yeah have you been to Flick's brew house yet I haven't yet I, just, I even just messaged my wife again just to uh, double check with her and be like do you want to go see this because she's like oh I don't know I maybe just wait until it hits you know Netflix or something and I'm like Let's well if you don't go I'm gonna go see, see it, it with Buzz and Buzz will pay for you and your wife too oh there you go hold on let me type that in let no Buzz will pay for us free, mo- free movie and beer on Buzz Ooh. let's go I don't want to come off like Joanna a parent, but do I, sister too. do I look like I'm Where made out of money to you people? Yes. yes. Yeah. Really? Oh, you mm-hmm. totally do. I look like I'm made out of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, How many swords do you have? $400. Dude, I've, seen, I've seen your paycheck, man. Yeah. <laughs> you have? Yeah, because yeah, you left exactly, your pay stubs out. You're not exactly discreet when it comes to really, really confidential stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of well, medical don't paperwork you leave. I saw that and I was like, this is the level of rich I aspire Are you to kidding? Yeah. I mean, raise your hand if you're on the show and you've seen Buzz's paycheck. Check. Yeah, right here. All right, there, well, everybody, yeah, yeah. Like, this left it right why, there, dude. This is why you have three cars, one of which never leaves the driveway. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's why one car got ruined. I don't buy <laughs> our bus. I don't even. <laughs> oh, do you guys want to hear a cheap Brad story? I've got a doozy. For Those that. are oh, my favorite. Even better than dime. <laughs> better than well, we'll better see. Better than the dime it's up, But it's up there, right? Uh, okay, I don't even get a paycheck. It's your, it's direct deposit. I don't know what you guys are that's, talking about. Because you left your bank statement right there, dude. And you guys are going through my private documentation? It's sitting on the desk. You left it wide open. I did. Face up. I'm, no shame, I did. Totally. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm like, and what is this for? Oh, Buzz has a doctor's appointment coming up. Okay, do you I want me to... commas, and I was just intrigued. Do you want me to tell you the exciting rumor about a superhero movie? Mm-hmm. Or would you rather the hear the Brad story? story? The Brad story. I want the Brad story. You know what? We're in entertainment. Let me do the, All right. this. As long we'll get, as we get to that before the show's over. Well, we'll you know, guy, we're kind of on a schedule. Uh, I don't care. We'll push it later. Rumor <laughs> has it that Marvel wants mm-hmm. to make a new Fantastic Four movie. Uh, why? And they want John Krasinski and Emily Blunt to, to be star Mr. in Fantastic it. and Sue Storm? I mm. would imagine. I mean, I can't imagine Emily Blunt being... Benjamin J. Grimm. The thing. So, yeah. <laughs> and Spider-Man might be in it. So in some of the mm-hmm. comic books, Spider-Man at some point joins the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. I got all my timelines confused because I there was a period of like 25 years that I didn't read any comic books. But uh, Did you ever get the Marvel Unlimited app? Nope. We got to get you that, man. We'll see. It's the good. Christmas is coming up. I'm not paying for it. <sighs> You're the one that's made of money. Yeah. I'll just show you how to do it and then steal your login. Do you think they can make? Do you think it's possible to make a good Fantastic Four movie? No, I, no, I think it is. I just think it needs to be done. 
it's it's one of those ones that it, if it's not done right, it's really obvious it's not done right. You know, Marvel kind of, it seems like Marvel decided you couldn't really do a good Hulk movie, but you can put Hulk in other <laughs> movies and make it good. Yeah. Because the one, the Hulk with Ed Norton is, a, is an official part of the MCU. You know, Nick Fury yeah. shows up in that one. Samuel L. Jackson. So that's officially part of it. But I, I think they but decided... It was, but that also wasn't a Marvel movie. Because remember, Universal still owns the rights to the Hulk. So any movie that the Hulk is in, he can't... If Marvel wants to make the movie, Hulk can't be the main character. It can't be a Hulk movie, which is why they're talking about a Hulk versus Wolverine. Because that would technically be split and Marvel could make that movie. The Hulk movie where he fights Abomination. At the end of that, there's a post-credit scene where Samuel L. Jackson shows up. So that makes it part of the MCU. Yeah, it's part right? of the MCU. Okay. It's just it's not a Marvel movie. By the way, the dude from Matchbox Twenty says he'd go to see a movie with you. The dude from Matchbox Twenty isn't that Rob, Rob Thomas? Thomas? Yeah, he's in the Facebook oh, chat. He just said that he'd go check out a movie with nice. you. Nice. Oh, you have friends now. It's nice, Buzz. I feel bad for Matchbox 20 that their lead singer is reduced to what, going to see a movie with me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stacy Dash, we played a little bit of her nine one one call. She got arrested for domestic violence. Stacy Dash, who started Clueless mm-hmm. and was a Fox News contributor, she's doing well. She says that she <laughs> is at, she wants a public defender. Okay. She claims she doesn't have enough money to hire a lawyer. Mm. Oh, interesting. And somebody somebody said on the chat yesterday, I didn't check it, but I mean it sounds right. Somebody said that her brother is Damon Dash, who I guess is a cousin, actually. Oh, is it a cousin? Yeah. The per- okay. the person the person in the Facebook chat did put brother. brother. When I looked in when I looked her up, because that's also how I found out she said that this is her fourth marriage. Um, wow. it says that her cousin is Damon Dash. Well, Stacy Dash wants a public defender. She says that she doesn't have enough money to pay for her own lawyer. And I don't know if you guys know that Kanye West has kind of gone on a thing where he says he's only going to do Christian music from now on. Uh, Kanye West held a Jesus is King event in Detroit. And apparently uh, at his son, his Sunday service at a church in Queens, he did his Sunday service. It prompted several regular parishioners to walk out. So that is the story is that that Kanye just wants to do uh, is switching to gospel music. You may not know it, but there is a, a niche genre of mm-hmm. gospel hip hop. Some of the bands that uh, exist, like I say, it is pretty niche though. Is uh, the Holy Ghostface Killer? Oh, and Two Live Crucifixion <laughs> are the only two bands that you would recommend. Okay. And I, I guess uh, Kanye. So you want to hear a story about how cheap our boss is, huh? Yeah. Right. Well, don't go anywhere. We got to take a break. We'll come back more of the Buzz <laughs> Adams Morning Show right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. You want to know what I was looking at? Yeah. I was looking up uh, a little bit about Secretary of State Mike Pompeo because he is complaining that Congress is trying to bully uh, a State Department official himself and others into testifying, and he's mm-hmm. saying that that's just a bullying tactic. I, I thought I remembered that Mike Pompeo was on that House Select Committee on Benghazi who, who subpoenaed then-Secretary of State Hillary Clinton— had to testify for 11 hours mm-hmm. and now that guy 
is complaining about Congress wanting to subpoena people from the st- State Department. I mean, that that takes a lot of nerve to make that argument. Yeah. By the way, the uh, Select Committee found no wrongdoing on the part of Secretary Clinton at the time. So that's just what I was reading. Brad's story. Oh. Woo! Oh, my God. Did you forget? Sorry, Daniel. Almost did. <laughs> so occasionally oh, we'll, we'll have lunch with a client mm-hmm. uh, or an advertiser, you know, somebody. Uh, so we met up with Matt Kaplowitz for lunch and we went to Ripe. I don't know if you've ever been to Ripe. I love Ripe. It's so good for brunch. Mm-hmm. And Brad uh, paid. And I thought, oh, nice. well, that's out of the ordinary. But, you know, we didn't have to put up a fight or anything. Brad Brad covered lunch. And I even thanked him for lunch. Mm-hmm. Well, over the weekend, I'm, I'm golfing. Brad's out of town, but I'm golfing with JT. And we'd played in a golf tournament. And I said, hey, I think we won a prize. And he goes, yeah, we all won gift certificates to Ripe. And then ah! oh my God. a light bulb went off in my head. I thought Brad used his and my gift certificate to Ripe to pay for lunch. That's what I thought. Uh-huh. So I confronted him about it, uh-huh. and I was wrong. Oh, He didn't use his certificate. He only used mine. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no way. Are you really? I'm not kidding. Oh, good Lord. I thought I had busted him that he, it's like, you're going to use our Ripe certificates to pay for business lunch and not even let me know you're doing it. He's like, I didn't use mine. I gave mine to Sue. I just used yours. <laughs> Stop. Oh he laughed his ass off. He thought it was hilarious. Wow. And how did you how did you feel about this? I'm telling you now. <laughs> Brandon, what do you think of that? Does that take it to it? Does that beat the dime story or not beat the dime that story? That is dangerously close to beating the dime story because he's not only using a gift card, he's, he's using mine. He got he's one. Yours. He never told you you got this to begin with. You know, at this point, he had though, mentioned we got a gift card. He didn't say to where it was from. So, and going to Ripe, it's good, but it's not one of our regular places to go. And I thought, okay, well, this is different. Fancy. Yeah, kind of fancy. He okay. pays for it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. And then I find out from a, th- from, uh, a third party that that now I know why we went to Ripe because he had a gift certificate. My gift certificate. I mean, I would I would never have known. I mean, I really wouldn't mind if somebody's, you know, if they treat for dinner and it's because they're using a gift certificate. I don't think that's really that big of a deal. I think of the fact that it's yours. <laughs> so then you paid for lunch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> and uh, Matt was like, hey, Brad, thanks for paying. Preach. Yeah, the only winner here is Matt Kaplowitz. Yeah, right? <laughs> Brad, the one winner. No, Brad. Brad's perfectly happy. Oh, forensic files, uh, Brandon. You got, you got thirty seconds. You sent me a link to forensics files. Why? I can't believe that you don't like. How are you not you like, obsessed with okay, that show? If you love forensic files, raise your hand. There's three people right Woo-hoo! there. I don't. Uh, is it like uh, 2020? No, Forensic Files. 48 oh hours. God. Where have you been? Yeah, I don't know what it is. We've talked about this on the show before. It's amazing. It's on HLN. It started out as Mystery Detectives, and then it changed to Murder Detectives, and now it's called Forensic Files. So they wait, wait. Is from, it, is, and it's on what? HLN? HLN, yeah. Isn't that all that's on HLN Yes. Now? Like, HLN used to be new, mm-hmm. news, and then it 
for a while, I thought HLN was nothing but Nancy Grace 24 hours a day, it seemed like. Yeah, and then they phased her out and brought in forensic files, which is the best thing that they could have ever possibly well, so great about it. They both had it on like, from midnight to 4 a.m., so whenever I wake up in the morning, I turn it on. I'm like, ooh, which mystery are we solving tonight? Oh, I've seen this one. So there's over, I believe there's over 400 episodes of forensic files. And they ran from 1996 to 2011. They have since been doing repeats uh, and reruns since 2011. But HLN has ordered 16 new episodes to be aired Mm. February of 2020. Now, these are going to sound a little bit different because Peter Thomas, the guy who was the original narrator, passed away back in 2016. So you will be having a new narrator. Who's it going to be? They haven't said yet. But Ooh. HLN, and the really cool thing here too is HLN is looking to kind of start to rebrand itself and become like a true crime network, which is what they really are anyway. It seems like, like they've, they've been there for a long play time. Play forensic files, but they're they're making that push bigger now and they're bringing back forensic files in 2020. I have to take your word. I, I, I don't think I've ever watched it. For, I've heard of it, but I don't think I've ever watched a forensics file before. It's great. Amazing. Maybe, maybe I should start watching. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we got to wrap up the show today. Thanks for joining us, everybody. So long. Being involved in a car wreck can be a stressful and confusing time. The Ruman Law Firm is prepared for exactly this type of situation. Let us fight the insurance companies while you take care of the most important thing, you and your loved ones. Let Chuck and the Ruman Law Firm handle your case so you can get the monetary damages you deserve. Make 845-4LAW your first call after an accident. Chuck Ruman, the people's injury lawyer.